North-South Connection. Jordan here. I'm stealing bits now. Welcome to another episode of You Know What That Means. I am your host, Jordan Duncan, not from England, not formerly known as Paige. With me, not as always, but back after a brief hiatus slash suspension slash scolding slash trip to Chad Campbell's wrestling farm is Andrew Reach. Andrew, how are you? I have a statement. Okay. Okay. Let me get my... <coughs> I want to begin my statement by stating how sorrowful and apologetic I am for my actions that occurred earlier this month. At the Jay Willamette Benefit Show, Matt Souza at the post-show press conference made fun of me because I mis- I misspoke and I said Hiroshi Hase instead of Hiroshi Hase and reported it back to Chad Campbell, which made me feel very angry. My anger got the best of me, and we had words, but I would like to clarify, despite all the rumor and innuendo, that I did not <laughs> I- – I did throw a gaming chair. Mm. And let me say, it took all the strength in the world that I had because gaming chairs are not light. No, they are I not. will say that. I did not bite Matt Souza. Andy Atherton happened to walk into the room during the skirmish, and he had a box of crumble cookies, which, as anybody knows who's gone to crumble, are fucking delicious. Mm-hmm. And in a sweet tooth-induced fit of jealousy, I tried to eat the mystery flavor before anyone else did just because I wanted a bite. And I accidentally bit the arm of Andy Atherton. I apologize to Andy. I also apologize to Matt Souza, that turd. And But as a consequence of my actions, I have been removed as executive vice president of the PTBN pop, pop feed, which is fine because the only other two people who work in the pop feed are Andy Atherton and Adam Murray. So instead of Adam working for me, I work for Adam. That's all that's changed. I am truly sorry if my suspension impacted the listener count for episode 27 when Steve Willie, in a COVID-induced vacation time, had to take my place. Even though JT Rizzero did inform me later that the numbers actually doubled in my absence for the Steve Willie show. So, whatever. I have taken this time to contemplate my actions and some self-reflection, which have included watching all five Jason Bourne movies in a row, and I only took a nap once during the Jeremy Renner one. I will try to be better, and by better, I mean better than you, and you know it, so suck it. End of statement. Listen, you know, it takes a big man <laughs> to cry. It takes a bigger man to laugh at that man. So here, I I have to pull, boldly say now, I am Team Reesh. Suck it, Souza. All right? <laughs> <laughs> Shot fired across the bow. Matt, Su- Matt Souza, I will fight you. I will say this, too. I think it's pretty poetic that you actually bit Andy Atherton and the crumble cookie mystery flavor that week was Andy Atherton flavored cookies. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's very strange. I, I mean, look, have you ever been a crumble? Oh, yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> Dude, like, you know, what's up, what was that? Uh, what's that new place where it used to be like it was like the Chuck E. Cheese for adults, like Dave and Buster's. Yeah. This is like Dave and Buster's for an old adult's taste buds. Like, an old person walks in, and they're like, oh, <laughs> I, I was there one time, and I stood in line for, like, 35 minutes, and I just had to leave because it was going so slow because there were so many people there. It's it's insane. Yeah, and when you open the door, they have the employees. First of all, 
I, child labor laws need to be looked into. Yeah, they look like they're 12. I mean, it's works like Oompa Loompa's working in there. I thought Jonathan Gresham was the manager. <laughs> and, but, um, and also, when you open the door, they're supposed to say, Welcome to Crumble. So you have five, like, 55 people. Welcome to Crumble! Welcome <laughs> <laughs> to Crumble. Yeah. But, they're good, though, man. But episode 27 was fantastic. Um, for those who really want to know, mm-hmm. I mean, yes, I mean, I'm I'm back I'm back a lot earlier than CM Punk and the Elite are. Unfortunately, let me ask you this, and let's just not talk about it ever again because I'm getting tired of it. Give me a percent chance of each of the involved parties coming back. Just give me a percent chance. Uh, CM Punk, I'll say. I'm trying to I'm trying to come up with a way to not say zero. Honestly, <laughs> like, I think it's ten. I think for CM Punk it's ten. I think there's a chance if he's apologetic. I think he could do it. Yeah, and that's that's why it struggles. Like I think he would have to kind of be like my bad guys, um, but I think it's small. Uh, be the bigger man. Right? I think like, the others. I think the other guys are coming. I think they. Will I think do for that. young bucks, it's like seventy yeah. percent, and I think or eighty percent even. Like I think that they. I think. They're indispensable. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Kenny, I don't know. He's weird. Like he's just a weird guy. He's like, a weird maybe dude. He, yeah. Maybe once his contract's up, he's just like I'm done. You yeah. know, because he's his contract's up in about a year. I so. can also see him coming back in a capacity where he's involved backstage, but maybe we don't see him on TV as much anymore because he is pretty beat up. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and he's been wrestling for a long time actually. Like it's kind of yeah, weird. Yeah, I'm sure Kenny's. Think- I'm sure Kenny's upset. I know y'all were joking about the dog incident where he, all he was worried about was like the dog being injured in the meeting of, in the middle of a fight. But like, it's just, you know, he gets a big, he gets a big return. He hasn't wrestled 11 months and all of a sudden he's on the shelf because of a, a stupid skirmish. I'm sure he himself is pretty upset right. with everybody about it, you know, but yeah. no, y'all did a great job filling in. Um, Our schedules just got mixed up because of the fact that we had to do back to back weeks of of the show to get back on track. Um, yeah, you were at this mysterious, quote, work that you're always at, Andrew. That's been the burning <laughs> question. It's kind of taken over the scrum. I am I am the Batman. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but no, I am, I am a pharmacy technician. Mm. So for those who don't know, those are the ones that get yelled at when the insurance isn't covered, not the pharmacist. Um, <laughs> Lucky but you. But in the hospital world, what we do is we fill, like, the robotic machines that the nurses uh, withdraw the medicines from. Oh, okay. And it is a constant 24-7 job. So we, I am like the Ace Steel or Aria Davari of the, of the AW of the hospital. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. And so, no, I have not been anybody. I was yet. gonna say, next question: I've How many won- people? I have wanted to a couple times. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. But um, but no, it, yeah, that's my job. I it's a I work in a I work in a hospital and I work in the pharmacy. So department. you work for pharmacies and medicines, prescription medicines. Could you recommend Basically. a couple of prescription meds that may have avoided all of this stuff that happened the night of All Out? Like, is there- oh Xanax, yeah. <laughs> Just give them a bunch of zannies, and I think they all would have chilled out. Yeah, maybe if CM Punk <laughs> wasn't straight edge for once, things would have wound up better. You know? Yeah. Oh well, you should have given him a Z pack, and he would have run. He just would have ran out the locker room. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, question, kind of related, going back to your statement. Uh, there's really five Jason Bourne movies. Yes. So, oh, there's the Bourne Identity, yep. the Bourne, the Bourne Supremacy, Bourne the Bourne Ultimatum. Ultimatum. Yep. That is the best one. That's my favorite one. I knew those was, three, and then I knew the Jeremy Renner one, but was, I didn't know there was a fifth. Was a, there was one starring Jeremy Renner. Yeah, I knew Bourne. that one. And then Matt Damon came back for one called Jason Bourne. I, how would that one just totally escape my... I wow. Honest to God, I don't know if Jason Bourne... I don't know if Matt Damon remembers making that movie. Yeah, right. Like That one totally is not on my radar. I did not know that one existed. 
Because those are yeah. good movies. Like, the, the Bourne trilogy is really good. Yeah. Uh, speaking of sequels that might have been as good as the original, what did you think of Grand Slam? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought that the hype was not as good as last year's, because, again, and it's it's no fault of they AEW. Were, they were booking by numbers. Right, and it's no fault yeah. of AEW. You can't match anything that had the hype of Brian Danielson versus Kenny Omega for the first time. Like, not the first time ever, but like the first time in AEW. Um, but I think the actual shows were both really, really good. Um, I have some issues, and we'll talk about it all. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess we yeah. could move right into that. Like, well, I, was I will su- say this one part. I thought the Rampage one was better than the previous years. I don't want to get into the minutia mm-hmm. of what was on the Rampage of the year before, but I thought this one was better. Yeah, no, I agree. And uh, the ratings came out, and I'm not a big ratings guy, but the numbers were okay. Mm-hmm. Um, like, they they were over a million for Dynamite again. I wonder if. Tony Khan looks at that as like a negative because it didn't really bump up from previous dynamites, but it did hold that million. So they they still right. credit it as a win. It, it was lower than the previous years, but mm-hmm. it wasn't that far below. And also, I mean, this is not important to the to the whole thing. Even though WWE is seeing increases in their ratings because of interest, and let's be real, the the product getting better in the ring. It's also because it, there's also this time frame where Monday Night Football is on now on ESPN with Joe Buck and Troy Aikman and they are eating away at the Monday night audience which eats away at the raw well, ratings. So yeah. Yeah. Week 1 of Monday night football had two games. So mm-hmm. Raw's number that week was really bad. Like yeah, and this through no was, fault of and, their own you're up against two and, NFL games all of a sudden. Yeah, and that's just the normality. It don't matter what teams are playing. It's just right. the way it is, you know. Oh yeah, uh, trust me cuz I watch I've been watching the Monday night games and they're bad but people still watch. Like last night was yeah. Cowboys Giants and it was absolute dumpster fire now, garbage. Smackdown is seeing a resurgence. I would I would give credit to the honorary Oos Sami Zayn. Well, <laughs> 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 we're not going to talk about that. Um but uh, Rampage got its best number since April um in the, for the Grand yeah. Slam show. Yeah, which so. I mean, you kind of if it didn't do their best numbers in X amount of time, that would have to be looked at as a supreme failure like mm-hmm. um I will say this though. We are 28 episodes in. We've been doing this show for a year. And we've been AEW positive for, you know, uh, the whole time. But there's a couple drums we've been, you know, we kind of like to bang the drums of certain guys. And yeah. uh, I think Grand Slam coming out of it, like, the the Acclaimed, obviously, are the new tag team champions. We've been hyping the Acclaimed. And also, too, Ricky Starks caps off the night and wins the main event of Rampage uh, in a lights-out match against Powerhouse Hobbs. I think it's a good night for us, you and I, uh, yeah. and some of uh, the people we've really been uh, championing over the course of our show's history because right and it was truly a lights out match because they had to turn the lights off in the back alleys because you could see everybody walking out for the subway gosh well (laughs) you know if you think about it so they tape it right after dynamite the match is good right so they tape after dynamite dynamite airs from eight to ten and Mm -hmm. it doesn't go right like 1005 rampage starts there's like 20 to 30 minutes you gotta change the apron you gotta yeah Mm -hmm. you gotta do stuff you're looking at like a 20 minute gap so they start taping rampage at 10 30 this match probably was going till one in the morning like i don't know that's rough i don't know what you do here i felt it it, it probably felt like watching that wrestlemania in dallas (laughs) yeah (laughs) but you're at the end i'm telling you this is i mean 
this ain't important. That was the only time I was ever at a friend's house watching a wrestling show and actually fell asleep. I fell asleep. Was watching that the, the one with Shane and the Undertaker and the Hell in a Cell? Yes, I actually fell asleep watching. That it. is. I for, just remember thinking this is the longest thing I've ever seen in my life. For a long time, there was other answers, but that is kind of my go-to knee-jerk reaction when people ask, "What's the worst match of all time?" Is Shane McMahon versus The Undertaker <laughs> Hell in the Cell? I'm sure like, there's stuff that's actually like technically much worse. And, and it affected the other shows because, like, listen, mm-hmm. Grant, I will say this. I love the lighting. I love the setup. I know it wasn't meant to be a wrestling venue. Duh. It's a tennis court. But it looks great. Like, you saw the big screen. You saw the wide shots. Mm-hmm. It just looks amazing. So, And they had great stuff. So you do want to put in as many things as you can. For the grand sl- for the show on Dynamite, the show on Rampage, but it's one night and you can't do everything. Yeah. And like they had a dark elevation with two matches. Why even have dark elevation? Exactly. Like oh. I actually saw someone theorize on Twitter what could have done since it's all taped anyways. Is do the first hour of Rampage at seven o'clock and tape an hour of Rampage, then do the Dynamite the live, one. then tape the last hour of Rampage and get everybody out of there an hour earlier. Right. I mean, logistically, that could have been tough, like you said, changing the graphics and this and that. But it might be worth a try, you know, because that's like a growing problem is that people just leave during the Rampage tapings. And I don't think yeah, it's because people are like, like, yeah, I don't think it's because people don't want to watch Rampage. I think it's because people want to go home. Yeah, I mean, Ramp- I mean, you and Steve illustrated this well on the last show. Like, Rampage has bangers. Like, they yeah. have matches that are really awesome. They're buried treasures. Like, my favorite match... Last year in 2021 was a rampage match, you know, but Bucks they and, are Bucks and uh, Lucha Brothers. Uh, no, it, that that was a one on this year that I really loved. It was Danielson oh last year. And, yeah. It was Danielson and Eddie Kingston. That's right. That's it was right. a freaking awesome match. Um, I think Eddie wrestled on Rampage again this year. Yep, but he against lost. Sammy. Sammy Guevara. Yeah, but um, well, it was one of those weird. He won, but he lost. Like he won and then wouldn't release. That's the one that they tried to shoot into a work. Yeah, and it and it didn't work. <laughs> Uh, here's a question for you. Do you think that they should have flip-flopped anything? Like, is there anything that aired on Dynamite that you think should have been on Rampage or vice versa? Jungle Boy Phoenix should have been on Ramp- on Dynamite. Great match. Insane. And they should have just put Jericho and Claudio on Rampage. Yeah, I can get with that. Yeah. I would have flipped it. But listen, J- J- Jericho, the Ocho... <laughs> you know, I love the that Ring of Honor champion. Yeah. I'm fine with it. Yeah. Let this man carry it. This is like um, this is like when Chris Paul went to the Thunder and people were like, oh, yeah, he can't make it work. And Chris <laughs> Paul's like, oh, yeah, bitch, watch me. And and he turned that one year in Oklahoma City into a playoff run. Mm-hmm. Jericho's going to do the same thing with the Ocha, with the Ring of Honor title. Well, it was like a perfect segue for me to do our I feel like we do this every episode, as always. We tape on a Tuesday. We drop on a Friday. So we've got what we call a dark dynamite. There's a dynamite. In Philadelphia. That, yeah. yeah. But uh, the reason I say that is because as we're talking about the Ocho, Jericho, the Ring of Honor champion, on this dark dynamite, he will defend, be defending against former Ring of Honor champion Bandito, which <laughs> dude, he also promoted a championship celebration. Did he really? <laughs> what, if you, what if you lose? <laughs> what if you lose and you celebrate a championship you don't have anymore? Right. I, I do think it's an interesting storyline, and what's weird is that Ring of Honor doesn't have TV, um, but I think we're going to see Jericho defending the Ring of Honor title and constantly cheating to win and being dishonorable, you know? Yes. <laughs> like, He's the sports entertainer. Like, you can see Daniel Garcia in the background just like, uh, yep. really, this guy? Because he's the pure champion. Um, he beat Wheeler Yuta for it. So, like, there's 
it, I, I, I mean, we know what this is going to lead into. It's going to lead to Garcia feuding with Jericho. Mm-hmm. You know? I have another idea that it could lead into, too, is I think it'd be interesting, knowing that he's fighting Bandito, I think it'd be kind of cool if they brought back former Ring of Honor world champions for, like, one-off title defenses. Oh, okay. Because you could have Roosh. Roosh was a Ring of Honor champion. You don't maybe have to bring him have, back. Maybe he's already Gresham in the company. Maybe can come back. We can have the Ocho versus the Octopus. Yeah. The Ocho versus the five fo- four-foot Ocho. <laughs> five-foot Ocho. Yeah. Ocho versus the Cinco, according to the PWI 500. <laughs> but let me ask you this. Like, Do you take any um, inventory out of the five the PWI? No, it's just a fun read. I I, I have fun with it. I think it's. I think Roman Reigns was number one, right? Uh, and John Moxley wasn't in the top ten. Who's now the AEW champion for the third time? Yeah, Reigns was one. Kenny might have been two, and then Okada. Maybe Okada I think was Punk two. Was number four. Yeah, it was. It was a. It was an AEW guy. I, you know what? I think it was Okada that was two. Okay. You know, while we're talking, I'll just look it up real quick. It was. Uh, I saw MJF throw some shade at Okada. He had this great interview leading in the Grand Slam in, in um, New York. With, he was interviewed by Ariel Wani. Yeah. It was really entertaining, and he was just shitting all over New Japan. It was. Yeah. I almost don't think it's kayfabe. I think he legitimately doesn't care about New Japan Pro. Uh, Okada is number two, and Punk was okay. third, and then Hangman Adam Page is fourth. Oh yeah! By the way, I get, I, me, we were texting back and forth when uh, I was out, and I said I think Adam Page is getting punished. Well, he got a title shot. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's a that could be my first criticism of the night. That battle royal was a mess. It was a mess, and like, who decided who was in that thing, man? It was like the Dark Order, a bunch of bums, like. When you saw that, like, was there any shot of anyone winning other than Adam Page? Like, yeah, two on. trust busters in it for Christ's sake! Oh, dude, like that just felt like really like. Remember foolish. the Royal Rumble when it was for the championship, and and they would be like, "Well, you know, the Berserker might win, might right. become the WWF champion." And you're like, "No, he can't." Yeah, or like 1999 <laughs> when Vince won the Rumble, but like mm-hmm. the final four was Vince, Stone Cold, and the Big Boss Man was in there still. And you're like, what? What's and they had like here? some random moments, like Dan Housing cursing Cole Carter, the boys yeah. saving uh, Dalton Castle. Yeah, that was fun. Um, I guess. There was some decent. I will say that deadlift save by Satnam Singh on Jay Lethal was good. Yep. Like and then, Jay Lethal, uh, like he basically just had to straight up catch him. Who, on a, who on was a, it on that a, eliminated Lethal? Guy. Because then they like looked at Satnam and like, oh, I think it was Paige. He's like, nope. And then he runs to the other ropes where Satnam was, and I thought that was kind of smart. Too. Yeah, Roosh got uh, Roosh was the second to last one. Like he was the last eliminated, yeah. and he was um he was great. I mean, Roosh is Roosh is awesome. Yeah. Like he's yeah he's, he's really gonna good. get a push. Yeah, I think he started off a little sloppy, but he's kind of settling into a nice little groove. Yeah, so. and that that's actually going all the way to a show in Cincinnati. And my theory on this one, Jordan, is that that show is on a Tuesday because they're getting bumped on TBS by Major League Baseball's playoffs. Mm. And so I think they're purposely putting in a must-watch, no, smart, a must-watch you know? match yeah. to have people watch the Tuesday show so that the rating doesn't go down too far. Right. I no, think that's, I think that's smart, especially with they're on the streak. I think they're at five weeks in a row of a million viewers. It's in Cincinnati. Moss is going to get cheered like a god. Mm-hmm. So it'll, yeah, cool, you know? Yeah, so uh, let's talk about what else happened on, uh, let's just go through, I mean, we haven't done this in a while. We haven't done a good old-fashioned match-by-match, have we? Nah, not uh, a bit. Let's find Dynamite's results here. I know we started off, we already talked a little bit about the Ocho. Uh, yes. But Jericho did defeat Claudio um, in uh, the opener. 
uh, for Grand Slam. Uh, did you th- see that one coming? I actually didn't think Jericho was going to win. Um, I thought there was a chance. Like, I thought there was a chance. Yeah. Um, I, I will say that I thought the match was good. I didn't think it was great. No, like, I agree. They, yeah. You know, um, kicking out of the Ricola bomb, I could have gone without that. That's his. Fin- that's Claudio's finish. Yeah. You know. They and tried. I feel like. Yeah. There was a a really cool spot for Jericho, especially when is Jericho? Is he fifty now? Fifty one? Yeah, I think he's fifty. I think he's fifty years old. Fifty two. Yeah, where Claudio kind of tried to do like a Ricola bomb from the second rope, but Jericho turned it into like a top, like a. A head scissors, but it was is really cool. Like the way I'm describing it doesn't do it justice, but it was really really cool. Um, yeah, like it was. Uh, we saw that with uh, Jungle. Uh, actually, Jungle Boy and Ray Phoenix did the same move, where you basically yep. get Pendulum back up for the power bomb position, and you turn into a, like a very fast Hurricanrana. Yeah, it was you know? pretty cool to see Jericho do because Jericho has done that before. Um, yes, believe it or not, he did it against uh, Ghetto uh, or Gato, New Japan's Booker, back in. WCW back in the day, so... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know that. Yeah, but I, I thought what we were going to see, I thought we were going to see Jericho attempt to cheat, Garcia stop him from cheating, cost him the match, so yeah, instead... Gary Silken, get, Gary Silken gets pushed around and, and <laughs> yeah, rings <dude>. up. <laughs> so you, basically, like, he's so disrespectful. He's so did you catch where, like, so Jericho pushes him down, and then they cut back to the ring, and Gary Silken immediately gets up and walks right in front of the camera. <laughs> Like his giant face. Let me get back to my seat. (laughs) Just no-sells the whole thing. (laughs) Toughest guy in AEW. I'll I'll tell you this. There was a weird moment there where Silken looked like he was trying to get back up, like, immediately. Yeah. And uh, Jericho kind of pushed his head down, like, no, you stay down. (laughs) You sell for me, bum. (laughs) Is that what we're building to? Is is Kerry Silken going to beat Jericho for the ROH title? (laughs) The owner of the, the former owner of the company. Yeah. Um. Like, let me ask you this, like, what kind of challenges, other than those, um, the alumni idea that you talked about, like, what other ones would you like to see get a go at them? Like, from Ring of Honor, or just anyone in particular? In general. In general. In general, gosh, man. I don't know. Samoa Joe? Man. He's always talking about how much he loves Samoa Joe. Yeah, Uh, but I don't think I want to see Samoa Joe wrestle anymore. (laughs) He (laughs) did, um, do you think War Joe can last? Maybe. Um, like, or do you think it's just one of those things where the nickname is perfect, but the team can't last? Yeah, I don't I don't think the team can last. If if they want any value in Wardlow, like, this is a guy who's been cooled off more than probably anyone in company history. Yeah, he had a nice fiery promo the week before Grand Slam where he was trying to, like... Yeah, this is Wardlow's world! Ah! <laughs> he was trying to, like, kind of, like, recalibrate, like, you know, people have forgotten about me, I'm not going anywhere kind of thing. Yeah. And then he immediately goes on Rampage and everyone forgets about his match. Yeah, and I mean, so. he's still, like, when he's out there, people still are into him. They're not mm-hmm. white hot for him, though. And it's partially because, like, I mean, he's basically been feuding I, with Mark Sterling since he won his title. Yeah, <laughs> I, like, I, it feels like something's missing, like some specific person. I, yeah. I can't put a finger on it. Wait, there's a ring on my pinky. Like, <laughs> oh, jeez. Imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, um, it was a decent match. It wasn't blow away great. The crowd was hot because it was the opening match of Dynamite. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was fun. I do like the idea of Chris Jericho, the sports entertainer, because he's not doing Lionheart. The sports entertainer going in and um, basically running amok of a pure wrestling promotion. Yeah, quote unquote. I agree. It's a cool story. I agree. Uh, next match was uh, acclaimed winning the tag titles over Swerve and Our Glory. What? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> good match. Not as good as All Out, but 
No. I mean, good luck being as good as that. It was match. shorter. It was like six minutes shorter. And yeah. um, there was some weird moments. There was one where I don't know what happened, but I think Bowens just messed up on the elbow spot. Or no, it was Caster. Caster messed up on the elbow spot. Yeah, he just like, came down and landed on his feet. Yeah, like he, and he was like sell. He, I don't think that was a sell, like a sell. Like that, I think he actually hurt himself briefly. Mm. But he's young, so he popped up and finished the match. Yeah. But um, the crowd was hot. Um, Swerve was a great heel. Um, did you hear that story that WWE contacted him and he told him to talk to my lawyer? Yeah, <laughs> dude, I love <laughs> this guy. Well, I mean, he's legit pissed at how he got let go. Some people want to go back, whatever. Malachi right. Black, Buddy Matthews, sure. Andrade, well, it's, whatever. It's, it's kind of a thing, like, it's funny, like, all these guys go to WWE four years ago, they sign a million mm-hmm. people, and eventually somebody, uh, half of them get, you know, lost in the shuffle, they all get released, Tony Khan signs them all, because mm-hmm. he signs too many, some of them get lost in the shuffle, now they all want to leave and right. go back to WWE, and somebody's going to get lost in the shuffle again. <laughs> like, and and let me say this, and we don't have to talk, we don't have to delve into this too much because trust me both promotions are going to be involved in the rumor mill with this for a long time and it ain't over for by a long shot like these no competes are going to be a very long time so these people who think oh yeah tommy n's going to go back immediately not not really so hold right. your horses but anyways this whole idea of like well we need to free tommy n from his contract in AEW. i feel the same way and i you can go back to the archives and listen to the passions what i had the way i felt about mustafa ali when he wanted out you signed the deal Yep. You signed the deal. <clears throat> There's, It's not a union. You can't be traded. Like, it's just not how it is. If you want to be released, you need to go to the big man and get released. And if he doesn't want to release you, then you just basically get paid to sit at home. Well, that I mean, I, that's all there is to it. Sorry. And even, too, like, with Ali, he was very vocal that he wanted out of the company. Mustafa Ali, Mustafa Ali very vocally wanted to be released, whereas... Malachi Black has not been vocally saying, I want out of AEW. No. Like, that's just stuff that we have, people have kind of decided is it, the story. Some people <laughs> like, are looking into it as cryptic. Yeah. Maybe he just wants to decompress. Oh, and he, I don't want to, he has said I don't want to be in his head. No, yeah, he has straight up said that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and then Buddy Murphy too. So apparently Miro destroyed the House of Black without ever actually pinning any of them. So. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's like it's not instead of the House of Black, it's just Home Alone. It's just yeah, right. Julia Hart and Brody King. That's why Brody King is beating the shit out of everybody in random places. He's just looking for somewhere to stay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's his Give me your fucking house. And he just body slams you through your ironing board. <laughs> That's his gimmick is that he's a violent homeless man. <laughs> <laughs> but um no Keith Lee and Swerve, they're they're here to stay. Yep. Um they did drop the belt. It was a really fun match. I mean Swerve had some great moments. Mm-hmm. Uh hot crowd when the acclaimed won, big, big pop. Yep. And then immediately we went into, Oh, FTR might challenge him. Oh, the guns might challenge FTR. We yeah. you know, you got this murderer's row of people that want to go after the acclaimed because they feel like, oh, this th- I can we're more likely to pick off the acclaimed for the tag belts than Swerve in our glory. So. Yeah, and I don't I don't think the right call is to pit FTR against the Acclaimed because the Acclaimed are this super hot act, but I think if you put them in the ring with FTR, it's going to be hard for the crowd to stay rooting for the Acclaimed. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's just me. I feel like... Well, if, if, if you told me something about uh, one member of FTR whom you might have actually cited... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> at church. <laughs> <laughs> so my church that I go to, we have two campuses. We have got Plymouth, which is the one I go to, the city in Plymouth, and then there's a city called South Lyon, and there's the Lyon campus. And this past Sunday was like the church's anniversary, so we all, both campuses met together like at an outdoor service. 
And so I've never okay. seen this guy before. So he's the guitar player at the other campus that I don't go to. And I looked at him for a few seconds. I'm like, who is that guy look like? Do I know him? And then it hit me. Like, So basically, you heard it here first. We're breaking news. Tony Khan, we know you're listening. Cash Wheeler has been working some side gigs playing guitar at Miles City Church. <laughs> Was he doing the Bret Hart theme? <laughs> he worships said, in the House of Bret. Yeah, they said, and now we're going to pass the offering. <laughs> but um, no, for real, um, yeah, FTR, it feels like they're kind of flowed. Not, uh, uh, listen, I am... I'm tagging in as the rampant speculator of the, <laughs> of the show to, right now. Maybe they're being secretly punished for the punk stuff because they're so closely aligned with punk. Yeah, I don't know about that. Because I, I, I think, think I, I'm just rapidly speculating. But then again, I rapidly speculated that Adam Page was basically getting shushed, <laughs> and here he is in the main event of Dynamite in two or three weeks. Well, the only reason I would think not is because they've been kind of floating it since even before the punk stuff. Like that was kind of one complaint people had about All Out is like, why doesn't FTR have like a profile match? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of been a thing. I think it could be, and here's my rapid speculation. A lot of people have said Dax Harwood is banged up, but we've seen Dax yeah. in some singles matches. We don't see Cash a whole lot. And no. I wonder if Cash is the one who's working with an injury a little bit, and maybe they're waiting maybe for so. him to get back to 100%. Maybe so. And that's yeah. another one where they're like, oh, that's another funny one. Oh, yeah, did you know that FTR got contacted by the other company? Uh, uh, duh! <laughs> they're having five-star tag matches. Right. Of course they got contacted. Right. Like, I mean... <laughs> There's this, there's tribalism in wrestling. Like I can't stand yeah. it. There's people who like, oh, I'm Team AEW. Everything WWE does sucks and they're stupid. And then there's obviously the opposite of that too. There's WWE rules, AEW rules. What do you it, want your owner to do? Not call up the best wrestlers in the world to see if they want to work for him? Like you yeah. know what I mean? Like, like what, what do you want them to do? Call up Omos? Like right. they're going to get the good ones. Like, right. Like when Johnny Gargano is is marching back in, like. Awesome when Sami Zayn gets a push. Awesome, like right. I like these guys. You know, if I've always said, if they're doing better, others have to do better to keep up. Right, and and that's never a bad thing. And I'll never complain about the ratings. And I, I mean, I don't think I, I don't feel like there's too much reactions going on. I do think that the evolution of NXT has to do with the fact that Rampage is... I'll say this. I don't know if it's a reaction by Rampage or a reaction by by Triple H with NXT and rebranding it just to pop a rating. But I do think that the closest race, if you really look at the ratings, even though it's small potatoes, is between Rampage and the NXT show. That's the one where it's actually close, where Mm -hmm. the demo is like back and forth. And I think Rampage being live every week in October is going to bump it. And I think NXT decided to put some put a little extra paint on it um, in order to get their rating up at the same time. So I don't think that was a coincidence. I do think there's a little bit of one-upsmanship is what I'm trying to say. Okay. Um, Speaking of one-upsmanship, who do you think won the uh, War of Words? Uh, Was it MJF or Wheeler Yuta? (laughs) Wheeler Yuta got a couple nice lines. Yeah, I mean, talk about about a no-win situation. Like, hey, go have a promo battle with MJF. He sounded like a Boy Scout (laughs) talking about Yuta. You know, whereas yeah. MJF, I mean, his big line I'm, was like, you don't even have friends like, <laughs> you know, OK, <laughs> well, I mean, MJF got the funniest one out of me. The, the Black Bull Cuckold Club. <laughs> yeah. That was great. Now, really, I didn't know Steve Bannon was running the Black Bull Club. Well, you know, what was great about it was 
the crowd was just so into MJF. Like they were cheering for him. They were. He was doing the Ric Flair strut yeah. coming out the tunnel, and it he was not working. Yeah. Yuta was not getting the crowd back on his side. But then Tony Schiavone got shoved, and the crowd was like, "F you, MJF! Keep your hands off Tony." <laughs> Tony <laughs> Schiavone is apparently beloved uh, to AEW crowds, so. That might be yeah. a thing we see going around the circuit. MJF gets babyface pops, so he has to shove Shivani to the ground. And he, he, had, to, um, he had to send a little bit. He had to send a small deposit to the firm because he didn't get all of them. He just got W Morrissey to beat Yeah. Gosh. Let me. I, I will say this. Even though I know you are a huge fan of Stokely Hathaway, and I do like the idea of the firm. Mm-hmm. Basically, bounty hunters pay for hire stable. I think that's kind of cool. I thought his promo was a little bad. It was like um, yeah. it was a little lo- he got a little lost, and I think he was just trying to put himself over a little too much. Well, so I think I think I said this on the episode with Steve. What I think it suffered from was you had this MJF promo, which wasn't excessively long, but it led right into the Stokely promo. So you basically had twenty minutes of promos. Yes, like, and it's kind of like there should have been something in between there. Uh, let me ask. Let me about halfway through Stokely's, the crowd started losing interest, and I think he was like, "Okay, I gotta, I gotta get him back." Like, I think he could sense it, but I don't think that they were losing interest because he was doing bad. But then he kind of suffered by trying to work the crowd a little too now, much. Now, don't get me wrong; I love his character. Mm-hmm. Like, I love how devious he is, and I do think you can do a lot with him, and you can lump other people in there. And I also think that all ego Ethan Page is getting ready for a push, yeah, um, which is making Jordan happy because that's one of your faves. Um, but I will say this. I don't know if you noticed it, and I want to ask you if you think it was legit um, going in business for himself or it was a character thing. W. Morrissey doesn't seem on board. Like, <laughs> it seems like he's just there to be there, and there's a moment there where Stokely's like, I love you, man, and W. doesn't say anything. To yeah, him. and then he's like, I said I love you, man. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think that was? Uh, I think it's just Big Cass not being a great professional wrestler. Okay. That, that's what I think. I don't necessarily think it was him going into business for himself so much as Stokely ad-libbing and he's not quick enough to ad-lib back. That that gotcha. was my take Gotcha, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. So, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of him uh, being around Morrissey. I get that they want a big muscle guy, but I feel like... Just just do the butcher and the blade or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and they got, or, they got do st- Lance Archer, man. Make Lance Archer your muscle. And they brought in. Listen, they're bringing in all these rappers. Like Trina came in with Jade Cargill. They then they brought in Cisco. Oh wait, that's Lee Moriarty. <laughs> <laughs> Is it getting hot in here, New York? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, uh, we'll talk about it. But Action Bronson, I didn't think he was bad at all. No, he was. I mean, he's the best homeless man I've ever seen wrestle. I, I thought it was Bray Wyatt. <laughs> yeah. Action Brayson. <laughs> That's his new gimmick when he redebuts. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, MJF lays out Wheeler Yuta uh, because what we know is the main event is somebody, the Blackpool Combat Club, is winning the title, and MJF is going to watch. Uh, next match, though, was um, Pac beat Orange Cassidy. Uh, I thought this match was fine. We've seen it before. I hated the ending. Yep. Uh, here's what. Here's why I didn't like it. Like, is Pac a heel? He's not really a heel, is he? He's not. He's a heel. In he's case a jerk, he... I guess. Yes, but the crowd doesn't treat him like a heel. Yes, that's yeah. Like when they won the trios belts um, from the best friends, like they got a huge pop. Mm-hmm. Also, he's the only 
this is amazing because there's like 53 titles, I believe. But supposedly he's the only double champion. Yeah, in, he's got two of the belts the, right now. I know yeah. FTR's got a bunch, but they're not. Yeah, none of them are AEW, AEW titles. titles right. right. So that's kind of cool for Pac to have that on him. You know, also the Lucha Brothers having gold is cool. Yeah, I agree. You know? I agree. But yeah, the, I thought the ending was like if he was a heel or it led to a heel turn. I could get down with it, but I don't think it's really going to go anywhere. I think that they're, they're just done with that I, match. I like and... the idea of the match. Orange Cassie was extra aggressive, Yep, and it kind of threw Pac off. Yeah, and well, so I, I get I like that like... it led him to getting frustrated to where he had to cheat, but I don't know. Right. That, was, that was a pretty dirty cheat, you know, like hitting him with the ring bell hammer. <laughs> like... Yeah, and, and it pinned him straight from the foreign object spot. Like, yep. no finish, I believe. Like, it was just... Pinfall yeah. one. Yeah. I think they almost were t- because listen, it was a loaded. Show. I know Grant. I know Rampage was two hours to spill over a lot of the things that you promoted for Grand Slam, and it got a good turnout. We didn't talk about that, but it was like somewhere around twelve thousand. It wasn't nineteen thousand like last year, but they got a really good turnout, and the crowd looked pretty cool. Yeah. But you, so I get it. You want to promote a really big event for for Arthur Ashe, but you're in a crunch with that, with what you promised for the dynamite card. So I guess this was the one that got crunched where they're like, all right, we got to go home now, you know? Yeah. So, and I think uh, a criticism that I saw that I think is very fair and something where I think maybe the match agents need to work together to tighten this up is it made Bryce Remsburg look pretty stupid. Like, I guess the visual, like he hit, he hit the hammer well with his body, but somebody pointed Mm -hmm. out like, this was what our third match of the night at this point. And, Jericho kicked Claudio in the nuts and cheated. Yes. Uh, the Acclaimed got hit by the boombox. It wasn't the finish, but there was a boombox hit. So, like, yes. it was just like a night of making the referees look especially idiotic, even by AEW standards. Yeah. Well, I believe Aubrey Edwards and Chris Jericho are in on a conspiracy. Ooh, so. okay. Why do you think Aubrey always refs his, his matches? Oh, she's a he's Jericho-holic. Like she's... She's the Brad Maddox of the situation. Wait a second. Is her dad Ralphus? Did we just break something? <laughs> do you remember Ralphus? Yes, I do. I, I want to say he passed away. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. He looked like he was. <laughs> he had one foot in the grave back in 1998. Jericho man. had such an amazing... First of all, the greatest one is that like he was demanding so much money for his autograph signings. Like yeah. years after, like, like Ralphus. He also was the WCW Hardcore Champion. Was he also on backstage assault in the video? <laughs> We're gonna have to look Dude, that I up hope again. so. <laughs> I hope so. Oh man, but yeah, that was like three matches in, and we saw not. It didn't lead to the finish all three times, but all three times, like the ref totally missed blatant cheating. So, um. Then we have our women's match, which was Tony Storm beating Britt Baker, Athena, and Serena Deeb in a four-way match. Um, I thought this match was fine. Britt Baker got her nose busted Yeah, open. so Athena busted was doing open. a ballway slam and fell on her, mm-hmm. and that's how she busted it. I yeah. don't know if she broke her nose, though. Yeah, uh, so then we have Jamie Hayter come out, and here's here's my problem with what happened. So Jamie Hayter comes out, and it looks like she's going to turn on Britt, and then she just joins in on the beatdown. Until uh, we hear music play uh, from a problematic band, I learned. Uh, and Soraya, am I saying it right? Is it Soraya or Soraya? It's Soraya. Soraya, yeah. yes. formerly known as Paige uh makes her <laughs> AEW debut. Um, massive reaction, dude. Oh, my God. Would like, you say listen. that was the biggest pop of the night or the acclaimed winning? 
I think it was actually Soraya. Okay. I, I it was those two it, things, though, right? It was genuine shock. Now, listen, Soraya had been using her real name in social media for quite a while. Yeah. So people were already immediately familiar when they saw it. Now, when the music played, I mean, when it's a new person, like I remember when AJ Styles debuted um, in WWE. It was It's that awesome music by the late DMX, mm-hmm. but no one knew it. Because until like, AJ's name showed up on the screen. Until the yeah. name showed up. And when the name shows up with Surat, with Soraya, I almost did it, the um, the, the crowd went bananas. Yeah. And there's some really good reaction shots there where it's just people, like, jaw-dropped. She looked great. Uh, there's a rumor that she's not physically clear just yet. Yeah, she did uh, nothing physical. Probably, and this is just my this is my theory, my, my rampantly speculating theory, that they literally flew her in that day to try to avoid um, spoilers, so they didn't actually go physical yet. Mm. That's my theory. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. She's got a major neck injury, and she would not get cleared by WWE doctors. That's no. why she, quote, unquote, retired. Yeah, I mean, she hasn't wrestled for, gosh, five years at this point. Right. So. Um, but I will say that, I mean, we we can tail this off into, like, what's going in, what's what we're going into with the women's division. Um, I don't want to make out too much of it. Like, I don't want to say it's going to be a needle mover like what Ronda Rousey. Listen, listen, Charlotte and Sasha, Bailey, Becky, God bless Oscar, God bless those women. They really pushed the envelope to get the women's division to where it is today. But Ronda Rousey was the one that got the tickets moving to watch women's matches and main event cards in WWE without Ronda Rousey wouldn't have happened. Sure. Let's just be real. Soraya might be able to do that for the women in AEW. Like, what do you think? Um, she could, uh, I, she'd have to be able to go still. Yes. Um, because I think because of all those women you just mentioned, being a manager ain't going to cut it. Right. Yeah. And not just that, but like all those women you just mentioned, women's matches are now, like expected to be as good as the men's matches, you know, uh, and I think that's actually a problem with AEWs. The women's matches are usually pretty bad by comparison. No, I will give credit to Area Davari uh, of the Trustbusters. Yes, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that he's been booking them backstage, and they're actually the tag ones have actually been better. Than- yeah, they've been better. Um, but you you know what I'm saying? Like, there's of course over the course of three years hasn't been great. Um, but yeah, I think she could. Um. Because they seem to be missing that big baby face female, you know, yeah. like and, and also uh, Thunder Rosa, someone... kind of Tony Storm, kind of, but they mm, not like not like Paige, and I, I still call her Paige. It's it's gonna take some getting used to for me. And and I mean the YouTube hits show it. I mean it was well over a million, and there is nothing that even came close to that on YouTube for AEW. So, hmm. and then I. Also, if you were watching Rampage, how many times did they promote her promo coming right. up on Dynamite? Right. Like, and she's just times. talking. Like, <laughs> and yeah. I don't think it's an accident. Like, this no. is this is somebody who people are going to pay attention to. I'm really fascinated to see what the quarter hour looks like when she's on. When I she mean, does it's promo. not as big a scale, but it's similar to, to to Punk coming back. Like, what do you think is the appeal? Do you think it's the fact that she got, has that sort of young that she started young and she kind of became familiarized with a lot of fans through the streaming network because she got her push when the network started? Do you think it's the movie that she was that was based on her life? Like, what do you think I, it is? I think, I think it's kind of like what you said uh with the younger thing but i also think too when we think of like where women's wrestling is now versus what it was you know the bra and the panties the the divas stuff i think when it switched from divas wrestling to women's wrestling and mainstream like wwe 
I think Paige was like that bridge gapper. She was like that first pioneer, like, I'm a wrestler. Now, there was others before, Beth Phoenix and stuff like that. But I think Paige directly led to, like, the four horsewomen and stuff. So I think a lot of people who are fans of women's wrestling look at Paige as, like, a revolutionary of sorts. Um, yeah. So just a great respect for, like, what you, she did. But you don't want a repeat of what happened just recently with the men with Punk, where you're bringing sure. in some... And I'm not trying to say that... that Saray is po- problematic. I don't want to label her that way. She definitely had controversies in terms of her relationships in WWE. So what you're saying is don't hire Brad Maddox. <laughs> <laughs> Brad Maddox, uh, Alberto, what 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 is he calling himself Al now? Patron, is that he's still that? What's his what's his inmate what's his inmate number? Uh, yeah, but right. um, <laughs> but um, listen, he she's had controversies. She's had absences. She's done things her way, and that's kind of her appeal. Yeah, that she was able to do that. She also has a huge Twitch account. She's a little, um, she's a little messy. That's okay. And yeah, that's fine. You know, yeah. and some people legitimately want to see her wrestle again. I don't think people even remember her finisher. It was called the Page Turner. Yeah, I don't think people even know that. Here's you know, what so, I wonder though: um, whose house is it going to be? Hers or Swerve's? Because <laughs> <laughs> that was her thing, and she did it on Grand Slam. This is my house. <laughs> but it's Swerve's house. <laughs> in the middle of my street. <laughs> my house. <laughs> <laughs> but um no, I think it will help. I think it will push yeah. you you've made a good point that fans were sneaking out that they, they were sniffing out that the segments for the women were getting buried in the lowest rated spots. Maybe that will maneuver it where maybe Soraya's promo might be the last promo uh, like the last segment of the show or or open the show even right like there you're gonna see you're gonna see the women's division and the people in it because remember tony storm is the interim champion thunder rosa i don't want to ramp you know what i do want to rampantly speculate let's do it i think that tony storm when she did that pro that that press conference where she basically buried thunder rosa I think Tony Khan was like, fuck yeah, get her out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I think Thunder Rosa pulled a lost her smile. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm that's my theory. That's fine by me. Like I I understood booking Thunder Rosa because of the reaction she got. I was never a huge fan. I, I liked her her most famous matches, but I thought she was really sloppy. Like I, I'll take Jamie Hayter, Chris Statlander. She's a great times brawler, over. and yeah. she has a good fan devotion. But I just didn't like the way she backed out at the last minute. Does she, if she has a legitimate injury, I will backtrack every single thing I just yeah. said. I will say this: but, the one, one thing about Soraya debuting that I don't like is I think they just kind of nixed the Jamie Hayter turn so they could keep her as a heel foil against. Agreed. I think they were recalibrating yeah. it so that Soraya can go into that spot, and that bums me out. <laughs> Listen, these British women, they can go, man. Like, let's have let's have Tony and Jamie just beat the piss out of right, each other. And right. Then we'll have Jamie and Soraya have a match. Yep. You know, like maybe we could just do it that way, you know, and then they have the um then they have the other division going on with the TBS championship and that's kind of in its own little bubble as well in a yeah. ways. I, I you can mix it up someday. It does feel yeah. like two different groups of women's wrestling. Mm-hmm. Really and, it, and it's because they're protecting Jade, but we'll get to Jade later. Right. Yeah. Uh, so back to the show we saw. I thought it was an interesting little vignette of Darby, like, carrying a body bag, uh, mm-hmm. like, through the subway. And then he got in a taxi and said, I'm going to a funeral. 
Uh, who do you think was in the body bag? Was it who we uh, saw debut on on uh, Rampage? Or I, I'm trying to make a joke and I can't figure one out. <laughs> yeah, <neither can> I. <laughs> maybe was, it was the, maybe maybe it was uh yeah that maybe it was that one. Was CM Punk's <laughs> in ring career is that? <laughs> <laughs> he finally won. He finally got he finally got his uh his um. He got his win over on Punk. Yeah, he got his win back, yeah. I thought that was a little <laughs> interesting thing. Uh, but yeah, then our main event was Moxley against Danielson for the title. Um, to their credit, I don't think any. I don't think it was clear who was winning this. Like, I I thought Danielson was winning. You said, I thought you Danielson thought, was winning. Yeah, and yep. you, thought, you thought Jericho was going to win the tournament when yeah, it was announced. Yeah, going so into it, I thought Jericho was yep. going to basically hold place it until MJF was ready. Yep. And I'll tell you what was a giveaway, and I should have thought about it before Grand Slam. When MJF did his promo that you talked about before they introduced the firm, he really went into Mox. Yep. And that should have been a giveaway. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. same here. But uh, I, I was still surprised that Moxley won the title, though. <laughs> it's the third time. I mean, this yeah. is, he's, go- he's goating now, Jordan. Yep. Uh, man, Danielson, though, gosh, this was... Great match. It's like they just got together and said, hey, what do you want to do? You just want to hit each other really hard for a while? All right, sounds good. Like, both their chests were red three minutes into the match. A curb stomp out of nowhere. Yep. Uh, Moxley kicked out of, like, everything. Danielson kicked out of everything. Um, Moxley won with, like, was was it just a choke that he won with? Or did he pin him? Um, it, it, it It was, I think he, I don't remember. I think he passed out. Yeah, I think so too. Because it wasn't it wasn't like the bulldog choke. It was almost like a rear naked choke. But I don't think Danielson tapped. And so it was a good match. We kept cutting to MJF with his giant poker chip. Yes. Um, my son, who's a huge MJF fan, said MJF was also live tweeting during this match. Okay, can I say something about that? Sure. One time early on in Dynamite, I don't know if you remember this. MJF, <laughs> MJF was cutting a promo, and Diamond Dallas Page comes into the ring. Mm-hmm. And uh, he starts ha- he starts cutting his promo, and I remember MJF was on his phone. And then when it got when MJF starts when it's MJF's turn to talk, he goes, "I literally was just tweeting because you were boring the shit out of me." <laughs> it turned out he he actually did tweet during so awesome, <laughs> during the promo. That is so awesome. He's hilarious. Yeah, man. he I really mean, is. Like, God, he's just a master at the details. Also, a Liv Morgan fan. Yeah, saw the saw that on uh, somewhere on social media, the two of them together, and he, it's weirdly he always interacts with Baron Corbin too. <laughs> yeah, so he's bizarre. like great guy, great guy. Yeah, great. Guy. <laughs> no, I um, yeah, I think I, he he did one with Ariel Wani. It was great, and he really like if you listen closely, you get a good sense of like his understanding of how mm-hmm. the the business of it all goes, and I think that there is some reality to. Um, to him being dissatisfied with his salary. Now, I don't know if this is true, but I don't. I know that MJF's a character, but I do think Maxwell got. An, he did not get an extension, but he did get a bump in pay. I will say that. Mm-hmm. I think his salary went up. I mean, why not? If he's like truly he's the star. Number, number two, like demo guy and stuff, why not? You know, why not restructure? Right. Um, for decades wrestling has been the promoters hold all the power you know but um something that like they went off the air with dynamite and like they never acknowledge it they didn't acknowledge it on rampage was they got rushed yep. yeah but did you see like 
Danielson appeared to be upset at the very end, like kind of snatched the yeah, belt he from was, Regal. Yeah, um, he was kind of arguing with Regal, right? And then yeah. they did this, like, a, like, I think they were supposed to do the raising hands thing for the close, and they ran out of time. Yeah. It, That's my theory. Yeah, I think I think they definitely ran out of time, too, because it seemed like they were doing something, and it just wasn't even addressed on Rampage. So. Right, right. They, it was just, oh, Moxley's a champion now. Yeah. He's a champion again. Um, obviously. I mean, listen. They they have this variable of the poker chip where they said that Tony Khan can sanction the match, will sanction the match for any time MJF wants it. So they can't even say, you know, Moxley's going to wrestle Hangman in Cincinnati on October the 18th because you never know. MJF might be. Let's be honest. MJF's going to wrestle Moxley at full gear. Right. That's that's what's going to happen in Newark, New Jersey. That's going to happen. So I like that idea. I think it works. Um, If they do a switcheroo and they do the title match early or you know i mean we'll we'll have a lot of time to talk about that but here's one i thought of and i think it's kind of cool if they pulled it off what if they go to newark for full gear moxley wins hmm. but they but then mjf challenges him again and beats him with at his winner's chip <laughs> yes at yeah, winner's that would be kind of cool but i don't think that's what's going to happen yeah no you know we'll see i do you think mjf will have any matches before the title match? He is two and four this year. Yeah, he is two and four. By the way, do you know who two of his losses are? Captain Sean Captain Dean. Captain Sean Dean. Yep. Maybe Captain Sean Dean should get a title shot. By the way, poor Sean Spears, dude, is just not getting brought back, huh? No. <laughs> I, look, I mean, if I could get that much time for my wife being pregnant. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we say poor him, just but. Guy's probably living a pretty good life. Yeah, he is. He is. So. But yeah, I think he's. I guess he's effectively dead. But um, yeah, yeah, like he's basically been buried to the wayside. Um, speaking of yeah, effectively he's... dead in the brain, have you seen Bobby Fish's descent into madness? No, I haven't. But I did see he showed up on Impact, which basically had the same effect as every <laughs> single time I watch Impact, which is like, <laughs> oh yeah, I guess that guy's there. Wait a minute, football's on. Let me watch that. Yeah. So Bobby Fish, <laughs> his contract expired. Uh. He kind of gave some interviews about how much he hated CM Punk. You know what else expired? His social security card. <laughs> <laughs> but he 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 rigged it. He ragged on Punk. Uh, basically, said he he tried to get the Adam Cole and uh, Kyle O'Reilly to leave AEW because, of course, he wants to go back to WWE. But they don't just want Bobby Fish, you know. Um, what, so, if he's, what if it what if it comes true? This is like that story about remember how DeAndre Jordan somehow got <laughs> Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving to go right. to uh, <laughs> right. go to So there's a video that I was watching today on Twitter of him like at just a, I think it's a black label pro show or something. Okay. And he's just it's just bizarre. Like he's like talking to the crowd, he's like, What's going on? Hey, what are you doing? Like, I don't know, he just seems legitimately a little off his rocker. Uh, dementia is an ugly thing though, when you're in your late seventies. So, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, anyways, uh, Bobby Fish will not be challenging for the title, but, but he didn't answer my question. Do you think MJF will have a match before he challenges for the world title? Yes. Um, he'll probably be on the undercard of some of the quote staple shows, like the you know, Canada now, show or something. Yeah. They can yeah, they're going to Canada. Um, we'll have another show before that. So we don't necessarily have to deep dive into it, sure. but yeah, they got, they got one coming up in Canada. I'm trying to think if they got a bigger one coming. I mean, they got those live rampages, but let's be honest. MJF doesn't do Fridays, brother. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> 
But, um, yeah, they got to battle the belts. I mean, here's the thing. MJF's not a champion yet. Gosh. <laughs> well, Pac, they should do battle of the belts, and it's all FTR matches. Like, they just got to wrestle five different teams <laughs> <laughs> for all their different belts. Well, let me say this. I had a theory about this. Like, you know, they got a they got the video game coming out. It's called Fight Forever. Yeah. Here's an idea. Kind of like the way they do the new they were doing those New Japan uh recap shows. Why don't they just have a show called Fight Forever mm-hmm. and it's one match and it's just one match. One very long match. Yeah, why not? I mean, but I don't know how you would be able to sell it. Or that. it could be like a gauntlet match. Yeah. Like I don't know. It's just a thought. You know, that's kind of a cool idea. Like, like their version of the Royal Rumble is the fight forever match. And it's like, instead of like a 30 man rumble, it's a 30 man gauntlet, you know, yeah. so you're going to see the like 30 single matches. By the way, that's the only thing I don't think CM Punk has been scrubbed from just yet. Every now and again, I'll see the graphic and I'm like, oh, there he is. Yeah, <laughs> I did see a picture of him today. Uh, he clearly had the surgery because some fan met him in on the street and he took a picture. Work. Work, yeah. work, 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 work. But he's got like a huge like <laughs> metallic arm looking thing now. So I, I hope he didn't listen. For real, I hope the man's enjoying life because it was perfectly clear from that scrum he was not enjoying himself. So here's I was legit. Here's a question. Do you think if he would have gotten crumble cookies instead of Mindy's bakery, could this have all been avoided? I think crumble can solve any problem. I do too. Like we should send some to the <laughs> send some to the Ukraine. Look, Look it up for me on the locations on your iPhone uh, if it's not dead yet. Can you? Is there a crumble cookie in Chicago? Mm, I bet you there. There's got to be right. Crumble. Steve Willie, we got to get Steve Willie back on the phone. Crumble cookies, <laughs> Chicago. Let's, let's do some quick detective work. But um, but um. Oh no, yeah, I, Wicker Park, man. Boom, there it is, Milwaukee Avenue. Come on, punk. We are failing. We have failed the wrestling business. I but know. um, <laughs> I, I I do hope he's happy. I do. Sure. I really hope he's happy not being there. My I keep saying my theory. <laughs> I have a lot of theories. I think that the they're buying out his contract, but because it's the richest contract among the roster, it's the most complicated one to buy out. Yeah. And I think that's the complication. And also, there are strings attached involving the fight and whether or not there's legality and liability and whether or not they can be sued. They and might just I, let it ride out, too. Who knows? Like I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, MJF did say that the Punk... The Punk MJF rivalry was the greatest rival in AEW, and I think he's right. Like, oh yeah, he definitely that was. boosted everybody. Everybody gained from that. So, the ratings, the two performers, and now MJF is really on a tra- upper trajectory. You know, hanging in the rafters like Sting with his giant ass poker chip, <laughs> ready to challenge John Moxley. <laughs> uh, so, how about this, Andrew? Uh, scale of one to ten, what would you give Dynamite Grand Slam? Um, I give it an eight, whereas I thought the the one the year before was like a nine. Yeah, I, I, you eight, know, eight sounds about right for me too. Very, very good, very yeah. enjoyable show. I actually thought we don't have to de- like deep dive into the one before that. I thought the show before that was actually pretty good. The dynamite. Show. Oh, they're on a good run, man. Like, listen, yeah. chaos has produced creativity. Like, dynamite mm-hmm. since. The dynamite. It was in Albany. I couldn't remember it. It was in yeah. Albany, New York. But I feel like the dynamite where they had Punk Moxley before All Out with the three-minute angle match. In Cleveland, yeah. Yeah. I think from that one till now, they've been on a pretty good hot streak of really creative. And I think the really ratings well show stuff. that as well. Yeah. Like, I think they know when a hot product is on its yeah. is on its heels. I do... 
I do get annoyed with the sense of like the casuals that have been not dropping out because the ratings don't show that yet, but like the ones who are just kind of like, eh, the elite and punk are not there. I'm kind of tuning out. And right. it's like, <laughs> then you never, and I hate to sound like that person, but fuck it. Right. Then you never liked all elite wrestling. Right. You just like three people. I agree. I mean, then you're not. I'm not. I, I try. I'm. I'm almost sounding like a cult, like a cult leader. Like you're. You're. Then you're abandoning the cause. But like, it's more than just three people. Like, mm. let me give you the worst comparison ever. You ready? Sure. Do you remember Andy Dalton? Yeah. The the ginger. Um, J- Justin Rosero's favorite quarterback. Yes. Okay. Let me give you this. Listen, I'm going somewhere. With this, I promise. Okay. When Carson Palmer, when the Bengals had a bad year, and Carson Palmer and Chad Ochocinco wanted extensions, and the Bengals, because the NFL, they don't want to pay big contracts to older people, said, no, we're not going to pay you anything. So they basically said, okay, trade me. I'm out. You can't do this without me. Well, they tra- then what they did in the draft, they drafted Andy Dalton, and they drafted A.J. Green. And within a year, they basically settled what they had. They grew with whatever they developed, and by a year later, the Bengals were a playoff team. They never won one, right. but they became a playoff team. Jordan, how many Bengals fans after a year or two remembered Carson Palmer and Chad Ochoa? Right, right. No one. Like, fans are, as Brian Danielson always says, fickle. Like, they, <laughs> they, they will turn on a dime if you give them great product. And in-ring product for AEW is in great shape. It will always be in great shape. This is not WCW 2000, where oh, it's just going to die WCW a comparisons. horrible, where it just dies a horrible, ugly death. That's not what's going on. Well, I hate like, the WCW comparisons for a few reasons. One, it's lazy because WCW didn't go out of business because they were a bad product. They went out of business because a guy took over that said, "I don't like wrestling." Whether mm-hmm. it was good or not, he didn't like it. You yeah, know? it was it was actually bad when it was on top sometimes. Right. And the other thing that I don't like is I kind of hate when people say, oh, it's like WCW to suggest that WCW was never good. WCW was really freaking awesome sometimes. Yeah, you know? and, and, and I am one of those very few in the minority, and you might roll your eyes at this. There were moments in 2000, 2001 where I really enjoyed WCW. Well, I <laughs> still like, say to this day the three 2001 pay-per-views were – a really good stretch of Sin, Super Brawl Revenge, and greed. and greed. It's so ironic. The last one was called Greed. Yeah, right. But um, <laughs> they're good. They like are John, good. John Laurinaitis booked them. Yeah. <laughs> the, <laughs> I don't think John Laurinaitis is ever going to run a wrestling promotion ever again. Right. I, I don't think Road Warrior Animals is ever going to be the surprise entrant either. <laughs> no, no. Maybe in the afterlife. Right. Um, but, <laughs> I mean, wrestling. Oh, wait. Is Animal dead too, or is it just Hawk? Road Warrior Animal passed away. So are they both, both dead? They're both dead. Wow, I did not know Paul, that. Paul Ellering is still alive. <sighs> Animal from the Muppets is still alive. This is a cool, George <laughs> Animal Steel's dead, though, right? Yes, he is. Okay. Yes, he How about George Gervin? <laughs> is George Gervin <laughs> still alive? <laughs> we should just do the rest of the show asking who's dead and who's alive. <laughs> you know what's sad? Hmm. Um, this is. I know we're getting off top of it, but who cares? Um, <laughs> if you watch the the 1988 and 1989 Survivor Series, there will be moments where you look at every single person in your ring, you're like, dead, 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 dead. yep. Maybe alive, definitely dead. You know, it's, yeah. it's all, I mean, listen, wrestling, wrestling fandom is 
a kind of it's the kind of fandom that is definitely like one of the most toxic, one of the easiest to get bent out of shape about. But it's also the one where you have to harden yourself the quickest because the death rate, the mortality rate is so short. Yeah. And also like the, the fans are devoted. The fans love these people. Like when even the most random wrestler dies, it's sad. <laughs> like, but you got to get over it really fast because they die almost on a, they, on a dime. I'm it's really- sure someone has looked this up. I wonder, this is really morbid thought that popped in my head. I wonder what WrestleMania has the least amount of currently living superstars. Like, what WrestleMania are we closest to? The whole card is dead. Maybe five. Yeah. Four or five. I mean, it's got to be one of the first five or six, right? I mean, WrestleMania 4 might have a battle royal where everyone is dead except for Bret Hart. Yeah, I mean, know that Hogan is still with us, so obviously none of those early manias, everybody, there's none where everybody's gone yet. I don't think. Right. I don't think right. so. Maybe Starcade 83? No, Flair was in it. Yeah, Flair's never going to die, dude. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to wrestle another match! <laughs> oh, gosh. Poor guy. Maybe but he's no, like, do, do you know comics that well? Do you know, like, the story of Ra's al Ghul? Like, I, I, I remember him in the Batman movie with Christian Bale. So essentially, like, he's hundreds and hundreds of years old, and he dips himself into these Lazarus pits to give him life again, but each time it drives him, like, a little more insane. I feel uh-huh. like every time Ric Flair wrestles a match, it gives him new life, but he just becomes even more insane. <laughs> well, that meme of him exhausted on the rope is like become like a like like a, a bar stool meme. Yeah. Everybody uses it. Yeah. Um, but no, like it's ironic too because he won that royal. The, my favorite. I don't know if it is yours, but my favorite match maybe ever is like the my favorite like my not the best match like my favorite ever is probably the 1992 royal rumble oh great match. and that was the one that flair won the title that's that was in albany and that was where that dynamite was and um yeah they, they had that match involving uh moxley and Guevara. i wasn't shocked that moxley won and then um daniels and jericho had a really good match in the main event uh by the way i googled wrestlemania with the most dead guys <laughs> was it undertaker versus undertaker uh, but it did bring me a list on the internet wrestling database or profightdb.com, which is uh, wrestling pay-per-view cards with the highest number of deceased participants. Okay. Uh, number two is WWF No Holds Barred, the match, the movie. I feel like that's cheating. It says 50% of the people that wrestled were dead, but it was a one-match show. It was Randy yes. Savage and Zeus against Macho Man or against uh, Brutus Beefcake and Hulk Hogan. So half of that show is dead. Uh, <laughs> WrestleMania two, five out of ten people dead. Wrestle, wait a minute. WrestleMania two, ten people. They had a battle royal. Wait, on wait. That it show. was separate events. It was separate events. Oh, so this is the specific event. They, at it WrestleMania was in three 2. locations, so they're cheating. Okay, so the California WrestleMania two, five out of ten. The New York WrestleMania two, four out of eight. Wow, that's, that's close. Yeah. That's got to be it. Yeah, King Kong Bundy's dead, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Yeah, SummerSlam nineteen ninety. Half the people are dead. Thirteen out of twenty-six people. That was in Philadelphia, which is where Dynamite's going. Yeah, and that's that's only counting the wrestlers. So if we throw in like Gorilla Monsoon and guys like that, there's got to be more. That's so sad, yeah. dude. And then Hulk Hogan, he's not dead, but he's dead to me. <laughs> yeah, right. His <laughs> legacy is dead. <laughs> uh, WrestleMania three, eighteen out of thirty-eight people dead, including Lord Littlebrook. 
Gone too it's soon. A, it. it <laughs> Which one? Is that a midget? Yeah, it's the, one of the guys that came going, buddy, splash. <laughs> remember he splashed all the midgets? <laughs> I don't even remember the names. Like, I think we talked about this before when we did the tag divisions. Like, 80s WWF, I sort of missed it. Like, yeah, oh, just dude, this is great, man. You know? Yeah. It looks like three of the midgets are dead from WrestleMania 3. <laughs> Andrew, can did, you name the three dead did, midgets? Did King Kong Bundy kill the midgets? <laughs> First of all, are we are we allowed to say midget? Do we have to say little people? Little people. Yeah, yeah, sorry. But Andrew, can you name the three dead little people? Lord Littlebrook is one. I don't think you're going to get these. Was it Jonathan Gresham's dad? <laughs> <laughs> you just reminded me of... <laughs> You know, you were talking about little people in wrestling. You reminded me of when Hornswoggle was mad about Peter, <laughs> about um the Snow White casting, and tar- he goes on Tucker Carlson. Yeah, I just love how he's like Tucker Carlson is trying to ramp it up about how man they're always stereotyping these little people into these. Let's get WWE superstar Hornswoggle. Yeah, who played a leprechaun? <laughs> By the way, the other two are Little Beaver and Little Tokyo. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I do not remember. I do remember Bam Bam killing some um, little people in um, WrestleMania 10. Yeah, Doinks, Dink, 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 Dink yeah. Ink, Stink, whatever they were all called. Dank. <laughs> Dank. <laughs> uh, by the way, the, the WrestleMania 2 venue with the least amount of dead people is the Chicago venue. Uh, a lot of the football players are still alive, so that really brings that one up still. That's where Ace Steel learned how to bite people. Yeah, right. 13 out of 28 people on that show are dead. Uh, and of the 15 living, I would bet eight of them are NFL players. So really, there's only like five wrestlers still alive from there. Yeah. And oh, then, some of the football players are dead, too. Let me, say this. There's some, let me say this. There's some XPW shows where they're not dead, but they should be dead. Yeah, like their eyes, their eyes are dead. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but man. yeah, Ramp- Rampage Grand Slam. Let me say this. Most of the crowd was probably dead by the time they got to this. I yeah. mean, listen, off of a title change, three of them, three title changes, I believe, right? In the Dynamite show. Jericho. And then you got a whole nother two hours to go. I think we only had, oh yeah, three title changes, yeah. Jericho, uh, Moxley. And the and, Acclaimed. And the Acclaimed, yeah. And now, Tony we'll Storm defended. This, the- didn't really talk about this yet but i thought the first match of the rampage was really good that was sting and darby allen versus brody king and yeah which will get us right to it because uh i avoided spoilers but i couldn't avoid this one like it got going on twitter people started freaking out like holy crap this rampage thing and like i was like okay i gotta see what it was and uh sting had a trick up his sleeve andrew because they had him handcuffed to a chair darby was dead somewhere and the great freaking Muda showed up. Uh, <laughs> wow. wow. That was nuts. Um, I saw a clip. Uh, Trevor Dame is a really fun follow on Twitter. He's a guy who listens to wrestling. He writes, he writes a lot of words. Yeah. Well, you know what's cool? You don't have to listen to stuff if you don't have time. Just read Trevor's tweets. But he posted yep. a little clip of Moxley back at Forbidden Door openly suggesting great Muda in a retirement match with Sting or something like that and coming to AEW. He's like, can we make that happen? So, like, Moxley is the facilitator here to get the great Muda into AEW, apparently. (laughs) 
Because even though so, Muda has a long history with New Japan, he's actually and currently... There was a good, so, first of all, like, they had some nice moments. Like, I'm... I'm um, Steve Willie actually messaged me in the middle of it, said he loved it. You know, oh, it was is, a great match. It was again, wild. again, this is taped, so they'd have post to be able to clean it up. And I'm glad that they did because they had a spot where when Muda shows up, um, he sprays the mist into I want to say it was Buddy Matthews, and it then was it, it was Buddy because it was a chain reaction where Buddy hits Julia hard, but Julia, I don't know if you saw, but Julia over rotated yep. and hit her head. Yep, and it looked ugly. And so Sting did too when Sting went through the table. Earlier. Sting went through the table, and um, he he bled hard way. I think Darby bled hard way because he's a crazy person. And he dove off the stage with Brody King. Yep. Um, they had some nice little highlights actually in the ring, but the big part that you're talking about is Sting is is handcuffed to a chair in the ring, and they're about to go off on him. Yeah, they've got his bat. He just starts laughing. Yeah. Like laughing maniacally, and they're like, "What what's going on?" And that outcomes KJ Moto. I hope I said his name right. Uh, the great Muda, great stuff. I mean, he's older, but I, I, listen, he's 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 also getting ready to retire. Yep. Um, legit. Teaming um, with Sting in his retirement match. Great Muda has done it all. He has done it all. There's nothing else left for that man to do. So this is a great Muta. swan song for him. Yeah. Yeah. He's a. I mean, for those who don't know, I mean, anyone who listens knows this. Like Sting and Muda had a legendary match in 1989 yep. that really put it both on the map for the tv title so that it's it, it's i think it was was it the tv title or the u.s title i forget now tv but it was tv okay and so um yeah great stuff i dude i i don't know if it was maybe it's because mood has just been through so much and he was just he's just tired and old but he's like hunched over when sting is kind of standing over him and sting's kind of smiling it was a great look like it looked awesome yep. it was just a nice moment yeah um, really, really cool. Like, not the level of Soraya slash Page, but yeah, but maybe even more of a surprise, you know? Because like, if you were to say to me a big time female is going to debut, I might not have guessed Page right away, but like, I might have got there within like ten guesses. If you were to say mm-hmm. to me, okay, a Japanese guy is going to be on Rampage, you get ten guesses. I wouldn't have said the Great Muda. Right. That's. I will say this, Jordan. And listen, I do subscribe to Fightful Select. I am one of those ones who does mm-hmm. enjoy being in in the know, like everyone does. But there are moments where I'm like, God, this is this really ruined. <laughs> it really ruined something if I had just watched it cold and not known this and that and this and that. Like even the page stuff, there were <coughs> popping up all of a sudden within like a day or two before, like people talk like things are going to get out there no matter how much you try to protect it and sometimes i wish that i would just kind of embargo everything and just say you know what i'll just go in cold and see if i'm surprised but it's hard to not it's hard to do that in wrestling today because everyone wants to know everything and even if you don't know someone's going to tell you sure you know yeah well like so muda is the i think think he's the president of pro wrestling noah now and mm-hmm. as Rampage was being taped on Wednesday night, Pro Wrestling Noah was retweeting fan videos of Muda showing up, so they were straight up spoiling it before it ever aired. Yeah, I remember when Cody won the TNT title off of Sammy Guevara. Like, everybody knew before it even aired. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like, oh, well, I guess you gave it away now, yeah. you know. But I, that's why I understand why they want shows to be live, pal, because you can't spoil a live result. Yep. You know, it's it, it just <clears throat> makes sense. So I did want to play a game with you involving Muda. Okay. So we do I mean, know. Am I gonna that... have to bleed at the Muda scale? 
Oh man, <laughs> I do not know what year that happened, but man, it was nineteen ninety one. I want to say. So there was a match where the Great Muda, probably in New Japan, unless it was some yeah, other it promotion. Was. He did it against a one job. of your uh, biggest regrets against Hiroshi Hase. <laughs> Hiroshi Hase. Yeah, that's who it was Hamsen. against. It was the opponent in the match. Matt Souza, if you just hadn't triggered me, none of this would have happened. Yeah, you but, stinking um, son of a... <laughs> <laughs> he cut himself, and the bl- there is blood all over his body. Not his his <clears throat> chest, his legs, his trunks, it's everywhere. Yeah. Like, you, you'd think he'd be dead, you know? Yeah. That, that's why they call it the Muda scale. Yeah. But anyways, so Muda's famous for her spraying the mist. So mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you the colors, but... I will then tell you out of order what the effect of the mist has, and it's your job to guess it. Sure. So there's green, red, black, blue, yellow, and purple. Purple. Yes. Yes. It's full, full disclosure. Uh, <clears throat> Andrew told me these mist colors before we went on the air, and I cannot ever remember seeing purple mist. It turns you. Well, I'll tell you that one. It turns you into Grimace from the McDonald's oh, commercials. No. <laughs> I thought it turned you into Mabel from Men on a Mission. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll give you. I'll give you the. Um, this one is used to burn the eyes. Uh, I believe that's red mist. Bingo. Okay. This right. one puts. All right. This color puts the opponent to sleep. The opponent is asleep. So I've got green, blue, black, yellow, and purple to choose from, right? Yes. Puts him to sleep. Hmm. I'm going to say purple because a purple haze. You know, you get hazy. Wrong. It's blue. Dang, blue. Paralyzes the opponent. Oh. Paralyzes. Like puts him in a trance. Okay. Let me think. I'm trying to think of like when I've seen these sprays. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, I can't think of someone being paralyzed. So I don't think that it's green. I don't think that it's black. So by default, it's got to be purple or yellow. I will say, I guess purple and last one. I'll say that's yellow. Correct. All right. All right, now we're doing process of elimination. Yeah. Um, this one obstructs the opponent's vision. So that's the most common start rubbing one. The eyes. Ah, I can't see. Yeah, that's yeah. the most common one. That's that's the mist. That's the green mist, yeah. right? Um, yeah. Now we're getting down into the green. And I mean, so that we got two left. This one blinds the opponents for several weeks, a la gentleman Chris Adams. <laughs> <laughs> and so my choices are black or purple, correct? It also it also in some in some ways can tear your bicep months after you leave the company. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, black or purple blindness for weeks? I'm trying to think of a wrestler who was blinded for weeks. It was re- is it arrogance? Is it is it purple? Is arrogance? Was it Muda <laughs> missed in that cologne sp- it, <laughs> dispenser? It's, it's- it's black mist. Ah, and okay. the example used in the uh, FAQ I saw is that Tajiri used it on uh, Nidia. <laughs> she, she did. The only, uh, the only right. mention of Nidia you're going to hear on this show. Yeah. 
And the last one, and I, it's a giveaway, uh, momentarily distracts you or memory loss. That's Memory purple. loss. Purple. Yes. I do not think I've ever seen the purple mist. Now we're going to have to go on YouTube and hunt for it. Yeah, <laughs> Chad right? Campbell's going to have to educate us. Yeah. I like my theory that Rick Martell's bottle of arrogance was actually just Muda's mist bottled up. <laughs> <laughs> and it I was the blinding this, one. As, let, me, let me say this. As a kid... The, the fake eyeball thing that Jake did with the arrogance. Oh, yeah, it was so that's, scary. That scared the shit out of me. Yeah, it did. <laughs> and also as a kid, Muda was super cool. Yes. Yeah. He had that snap to all of his suplexes. Yep. And his elbow up. drop, too. You know, like. Yes. I mean, he was just, he was so smooth. Like, yeah. and, I mean, I'm not as familiar with his New Japan stuff. I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't see his 90s stuff against, like, Hashimoto and So he was Shono. more Keiji Muto. In New Japan, yeah, like he literally invented a move, the Shining Wizard. Yep, like yep, like uh, invented it. And he didn't, he didn't invent the moonsault, but I think he's kind of put it on the map in a way. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I mean, and then how many greats have we had since? Like, well, you know what? I take that back because the Great Kabuki came before Muda, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. Kabuki. You is... know, so maybe maybe I should take that back. But like Great Sasuke and like Great Kali. Great yeah. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> I don't. Great Kali. If Great Kali ever did a moonsault, <laughs> I think all of India would crack in half. Yeah, right? but, um, but no, it really, it was fun. It was oh, yeah. fun. And it was definitely like the big, in my opinion, quote, the main event of Rampage. And that's sort of how it's designed. The first match mm-hmm. is the one everyone wants to see. And it was like, this kind of a Rampage staple. Like, we didn't see their entrances either. Like, they just were... Yeah, we, they but they ambushed him. Yeah, yeah. We saw House of Black come out and Sting and Darby just show right up and just start the fight. Boom. What do you see the future with Hart and Matthews and um, Brody? So Matthews apparently, similar to Malachi Black, has put out a statement that said like he's taking some time off and stuff like that. Uh, so there's been some speculation about him wanting to release as well. So I'm guessing maybe we'd see a Brody Brody go solo. Uh, moving yeah, forward. and and you know what? Let's let's be honest. I'm not trying to make this high, like very high school atmosphere, but Tommy and Malachi Black, <clears throat> Buddy Matthews, and Andrade El Idolo. What do they all have in common? Their significant others are all working in WWE as mainstays. Who is Buddy's significant other? Rhea Ripley. Really? Hmm. Yes, Rhea Ripley. Oh, that is that's what it is. He sees her getting a little close with Dominic and needs to put a stop to it. <laughs> <laughs> Not on my watch, pal. Not on but, my watch. Yeah, but yeah, is Triple H giving them all calls? Yeah, of course. I mean, duh. But like, some of them might... Triple H is I, calling every one of them and saying, hey, uh, you know, Test was married to Stephanie, and then look what I did when he wasn't around, so you better come find your wife. <laughs> <laughs> Judgment Day is coming. But um, <laughs> but um, the thing is... Like, yeah, like I think Buddy Matthews is calling a shot. I really think he said, you know what, I want out. I really do. And I don't think he is happy with the way he's pushing. You know, we can make we can make the case forever on the show about what where we think it went wrong. Some people would say he got lost in shuffle. Some people think he didn't make the most of his opportunity. You know, I I think maybe he does want to have a reset and maybe he'll come back to AEW after like, you know, taking a break and you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder, and he'll come back, and he'll have a new look or something. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm just kind of spitballing. I think, uh, you know, he could have all the resets in the world. He, the guy needs personality. 
Like mm-hmm. he f- he fit in well with House of Black in terms of wrestling style, but on his own, he's just he's just a guy. Like, does he do matches? Yeah. Does he have good matches? Sure. Does that make you stand up from the crowd in 2022? Absolutely not. No. Um, and if, if, even if you think about it, like in AEW right now, who are the hottest acts? Is it the guys that wrestle the best? No, the acclaimed MJF. Like those are the two hottest acts in the company. And I would say neither of them are even in the top 10 in terms of, quote, workers, you know. So I think with Buddy Matthews or Buddy Murphy or whatever he wants to be called, he's a good hand. But if he thinks, like, he's being underutilized, he might be overestimating his value. And I understand the argument, well, I don't get enough time. Sure. Well, you just make the most out of the time you're given because nothing's guaranteed. Right. That's all. I I mean, I know that sounds hypocritical because there's a lot of people who are getting – tv time that might not deserve it on AEW times but like you know like there is a there is validity to it like you do have to make the most because if you if if you like Britt baker did this if you can make yourself memorable you're going to be back to get more time the next week right i mean like buddy murphy or buddy matthews which one what is he in in AEW? is he matthews or murphy which he's matthews he's buddy matthews murphy in um you know his physique is great technically he does everything perfect but like darby allen has Ten times the charisma he does. Yeah, I think you know? Brody King is fine. Yeah. I think Brody Agreed. King is Agreed. going far. And if I'll Black, tell you another. Oh, go ahead. I said if Malachi Black comes back, he's fine too. I think Buddy's the one that really needs to reinvent himself, like in terms of like a character, I, a personality. Like, like I could we could skip the hook action Bronson Daddy Magic Cool Hand Ainge stuff, uh, but I could just skip to this one as an example, like. You know, Wardlow and Samoa Joe teamed up against Josh Woods and Tony Nese with mm-hmm. Mark, smart Mark Stoolin. I don't think Tony Nese is going anywhere. No. Um, but I also heard he's an agent backstage, so maybe he's just transitioning, you know, to kind of life after, you know, in-ring performance because he is older. That's fine. I think Josh Woods has a future. Like, I think that's the one that might actually have something going for him. Yeah, he kind of had like – it was a quick match. It was like a three-minute match. But in that yes. three minutes, he had a little toe with Wardlow you know they gave him a little something so it's not like mm-hmm. they you can squash a guy squash a team and still give something of salvageable yeah um, I think I made this point he's like a he's like a bigger version of Matt Riddle just not as athletic yeah and Matt Riddle has a very unique persona too for sure Joshua to does it. not have that he's more of like the Matt machine type of guy yeah you know the machine the blueprint Matt Morgan type yeah, did you enjoy anything about the hook action Bronson stuff? I action Bronson was fine. I thought he was surprisingly good. Yeah. I mean, granted, I it this. was just like hot tags, shoulder blocks. I'll um, say this, too, about Daddy Magic. I don't really care about the match. It was whatever. He's been doing commentary on Dark Elevation. Oh, he is yeah. very funny. I've He's seen very clips. very funny. Yeah. He's good. And he they had a – they cut some really good promos that don't make TV, but you can find them mm-hmm. online. Like, these guys are – legit intense yeah Yeah, they're intense they got extensions too so and i think they deserved it um they're being the full for a while they're in the the jas has gold they're doing fine um the um and also on dark elevation um ian riccoboni looks like he's going to be doing regular commentary like do you i know you're you were ring of honor guy and you listen to a lot of them do you like riccoboni uh yeah he's fine um my Ring of Honor like heyday is the earlier days before he was around, but I, I'm familiar with him. I think he does fine. Um, Caprice Coleman, when he's on, I think he's actually shines a little bit more. To be yeah. honest, um, yeah, he, than, he, than he usually does. steps into for the Ring of Honor, the quote Ring of Honor matches. Well, he so uh, Ian Riccoboni tweeted at Tony Khan this week as Tony announced the 
Jericho Bandito match, and Ian Riccoboni said, oh, Ring of Honor title match. I sure would like to commentate that, and Tony Khan said, come on. <laughs> Tony basically said, all right, come on, come do it. So, um, Well, here's the funny thing. I mean, I mean, people will know by the time they get to listen to this episode when it drops for the Dark Dynamite, but there's a there's a hurricane coming and no not Shane Helms it's um <laughs> it's Hurricane Ian in Florida and it's going to be hitting the East Coast pretty hard so they and obviously the headquarters AEW is in Jacksonville so there's a lot and a lot of people who live in Florida so there's a good chance that you might not see a lot of people they might basically just take the day off yeah Khan you know? basically said like hey yeah he put out there he's like if you didn't see the staff email which is kind of funny like hey to my employees that only check Twitter but not their email. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, if you don't think you could travel, just let us know. Well, it, well, if you listen to the talent meeting rumors, I don't think anyone's listening to Tony Khan. I think they're listening to Jericho and Moxley. <laughs> Basically, if John Moxley tells you to do something, you better fucking do it. Right. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't get to mention this because um, I was obviously off that week. There's only one thing I wanted to mention about that dynamite after All Out, and I did, I did think it stood out. Jer- Did you notice that Jericho promo where he was talking about um, how he was going to uh, win the title and blah, blah, blah. And then he goes, it's my company. It's my effing locker room and no one's going to ever take it away from me. I think that was a shoot. Mm, I, I, I think that was catch it. calling out Punk and the Elite basically saying, get the fuck out of here with your diva drama. Hmm. I, I didn't that- catch that, to be honest. I'll have to catch it. In, I'll find. I'll try to find a, like a video of it and link it back to you. But basically, it was this very small moment in a in a like a backstage promo with JAS where Jericho basically said, "I'm running shit here." Interesting. Yeah. And I and I was actually kind of happy he did that. But yeah, like look at the look at the matches coming up that we have promoted so far. One involves Juice Robinson. Yep. Uh, talk about talk about boyfriend girlfriend stuff. That's Tony Storm's boyfriend. Um. He's going to be wrestling Moxley, and then Bandito's not a, I don't think, is an AEW rostered wrestler, and he's going to wrestle Jericho. Yeah. That's all that's, pro- and also the Soraya promo. That's all we know now. Yep. Yep. A uh, couple more matches we can get through. Uh, we had Jungle Boy beat Ray Phoenix in probably match. the match of the night for Rampage, yeah. would you say? Fantastic. Uh, yes. Bugged me how, uh, how many picture in pictures do you need in a freaking match? Like, good lord. It had dude. two. This is the second time this happened to Phoenix on, um, Rampage because it happened with him and Andrade. He had two picture. Like, time your in the stuff match. like do a picture in picture on like make the Wardlow match go six minutes and do a picture in picture there or something like I yeah. don't miss anything when Ray Phoenix is in the ring like he's so yeah good. great just great rope stuff by both guys I <clears throat> yep. loved the finish he turned in he turned a black fire driver into an inside cradle I yep. thought it was so good really good uh, and then after the match Christian came out and uh, Luchasaurus got involved and. They basically laid out Jungle Boy, so that stuff's still ongoing, which is interesting because I've heard that Christian's out for a while, so I don't know yeah. how long they can stretch this. I did. I like- guess the only way they can do it is they they build to a Jungle Boy Luchasaurus match first, right? And I will say this too: I don't know if this was on purpose, but you know, Christian is a really careful guy in terms of the storyline. Like he's told the story very like um um precipitously and i did like the fact that when he had the he has an arm injury obviously you could see the brace on the show yeah and he says that and he called luchasaurus dark luchacanosaurus his hand of destruction so i thought that was cool hmm. yeah that's cool 
uh, probably a phrase we hear a lot moving forward. Right. I always skip ahead a little bit. Um, there's some backstage stuff, but Sammy. Guevara Kingston was a stinker. Yeah. I didn't like it. Yeah. Um, it felt like kind of like a, uh, we built this match. Let's might as well have it, <laughs> you know? You're right. But if right. you didn't see it, basically, he beat him with a stretch plum, but then refused to release it. And the result the was rock and shamrock finish. Yeah. Yeah. Classic. Is what I call it. Finish. So, I mean, technically yeah. Sammy won just because Eddie wouldn't release a hold. That's all. Uh, Jade Cargill beat Diamante. This is. Ugh. There was one move. It was my favorite move for the last two weeks that I liked. Diamante doesn't die from the top rope. Jay Cardell almost buckles. This is how strong she is. She almost buckles and picks her up and turns and F5s her on the apron. I thought it looked so cool. Yeah. Um, how would you rate the impact of the Trina heel turn afterwards? Like life altering? Does, does it just alter AEW or does it alter your personal life moving forward? Is that Trina from the Power Rangers? Yeah, I... <laughs> It might be. I, I, I honestly don't know. Listen, I am not like. For example, they had um they had rappers for um another match. Who was it? it the so claim had fabulous. Yeah, fabulous. And then there was another one. And listen, I'm not with the kids. <laughs> Dude, I, fabulous I, was the guy that was rumored to like be in a rap battle with John Cena at WrestleMania years ago in Seattle. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> but um, I I'm just really bad with rappers. I did see that video of Post Malone accidentally going through a trap door and he broke his ribs. You saw that? <laughs> what? Like he's um he was playing circles. I love the song Circles. So there are some of these rap songs where I'm like, that's pretty cool. And uh he was walking through um the platform. The platform like basically buckled and he mm. like broke his rib. He so fell and broke be his careful rib. with those trap doors. That's uh, essentially what caused Davy <laughs> Boy Smith is in ring Correct. Career. The the yeah. warrior trap door, yeah. you know. Especially with all this crazy stuff that you have, like uh, for the concerts and stuff, like you got them on like trapezes. Davy Boy like Smith, that. another dead wrestler, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it back I, if you want me to look. Why up are the we list laughing? Again. Why are we laughing? <laughs> I don't know, dude. It's, <laughs> we're horrible. Uh, but yeah, the, we had the Golden Ticket Battle Royal, which we set, mentioned earlier in the show. I thought this was kind of a stinker. Like, I get they probably just wanted to basically. Set up I just wish page. it was anyone but Hangman that won it. I'm getting Hangman fatigue. See, I think it was kind of like they they said, we want to give Hangman a title shot. How can we give it to him? Yeah. And so they did Battle Royal, which I feel is kind of lazy. Like, have him pin someone. Have right. a four-way match or something. Like, Because, like, okay, here's, here's who was in this match. Tell me if anyone, any of these people had a shot at winning. Roosh, maybe. Daniel Garcia, probably not. The Dark Order, no. Dalton Castle, no. Best Friends, no. W. Morrissey, no. Butcher the Blade, Private Party, Basically, all your sub-tag teams. I, I thought Cole Carter had a shot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jay Lethal, like Dante, I can see Jay Lethal listen, having And, and also, just the way you book it. Like, Dante Martin is fantastic. You eliminate him, like, two minutes in. Yep. Yep. Brian Cage, randomly, back in AEW television. Uh, private party turning face again? Yeah, what is going on? Like... <laughs> so, he's back with Matt Hardy. They, uh... By the way, I don't think we mentioned this... There's a rumor that Jeff is coming back really soon. Yeah, we also had a, like a hardcore Darby Allen Matt Hardy match too on Rampage a couple weeks ago that was uh, not worth watching. But it, it was the opening match, and it was basically Matt Hardy saying, "I can still go," and everyone saying, "No, you can't." Yeah. And, <laughs> and then after the match, he's like, "I apologize. You were all right." <laughs> <laughs> everyone was right. I'm sorry. Uh, but our main event was. Absolute Ricky Starks beating Powerhouse Hobbs. 
Um, I felt bad for these guys because this was a little wild, uh, fun, can, but can man, I, the crowd was so I done. Make, can I make one case though? Uh, like maybe I'll maybe I sound like the over careful wrestling fan. Can we get rid of the edge of the chair spot? Yes. I listen. Does it look brutal? Yes. Does it catch eyeballs? Yes. Starks took one in this match. Mm-hmm. I think it's just way too dangerous. Yeah. So, gosh, I, I heard a theory. And Andrew, you might have been the one that made the theory that had Punk not left, the reason Hobbs won so decisively all out was that he would have been Punk's first challenger here because he faced Punk last year at Grand Slam, Ooh. which would have been a cool little one year. No, I didn't tell you that one. That was someone That's else. That's pretty cool That's thinking, right? Really- that's a really good train of thought. Yeah, because if we go back to All Out... Give something easy, but not that easy. Yeah, because if we go back to All Out, he basically squashed Ricky Starks, which was, like, bizarre at the time. Uh, yeah. So. And now they're one and... Well, yeah, I think they're one and one. I don't think they had a match between that, though. No. Uh, no. We can have a rubber match after this at some point. I don't... I think... Listen... I hope they have a blow-off where it's in the main event of Dynamite and people are actually there to watch. I and think, I don't. And listen, I don't blame the fans in Flush in in New York. I don't. Blame no, them. not at all. Like you got to go home. It's late. You know. Well, especially if you don't live in the city, you got to take the subway too. You know, like. Right. Like for me, if I leave an arena, I can get home in twenty minutes. I don't know. I bet it was a great experience if you were there. Was sure. it as? Was it as great life-altering as it was maybe for them when they went to the first one because it was the first one? No, but I do think it had some really great moments, and it was something that I will definitely remember in the title changes. Yeah, you saw the Yeah, the chronology of the events, I will definitely remember Grand Slam. Well, will I remember the third, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth? I don't know, but, you know, it's something that is definitely looking forward to. The next one going forward, it's, I mean, we got more time to talk about it down the road, but... The ones in Toronto are going to be really interesting, you know. Yeah, and I think Grand Slam is here to stay too. Like even at this time of year, some somebody said, like it seems weird to have a, such a big show right after your basically WrestleMania. Yeah. But what I think is smart about it because it's TV, all the shows are debuting. Like Law and Order came back this past week. Survivor was mm-hmm. had its premiere, so it's a way to combat the NFL. All the C- yeah, it's a way to combat yeah. TV coming back. With a massive TV show, so I think it's. Smart. I mean, listen, it's all about catching eyeballs, mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter where you get them from, and who, but and also who's taking them away. You got to just do whatever you can. And you know, I'm glad you brought that up about the quote secondary shows between the pay per views, because listen, like the only show that we've seen that's quote secondary that actually got enough hype to really get its own pay per view spot is Forbidden Door. That was between Double or Nothing and All Out. So, like, but, like, look at the time frame between All Out and Full Gear. This one here, the, um, the, the Grand Slam. But you got the Canada show. The Quake by the Lake was actually kind of a fun show in yep. Minnesota. Yep. Um, the one in L.A. when they debuted in the West Coast, they got a show coming up in January in Seattle. So, you can turn these into, quote, events. You know, um, there's also rumors that they might go to the U.K. I heard about that too, yeah. Uh, yeah. Here's a question I have for you about the Canada show. Okay. Does Ethan Page fight for the All-Atlantic Championship there as the hometown hero? And if so, does he win? He challenges but loses. Okay. I feel like he challenges, and I, I think it makes sense that he loses, but man, they really do like to put over the hometown people. Yes. So maybe he gets another match. Maybe he... Like, the, even Daniel Garcia got a win in his hometown in, um... Oh, God, Buffalo. what's the name of it? Buffalo. Yeah. yeah. 
Home of Josh Allen. Yeah. yeah. I mean, MJF's least favorite quarterback. Yeah, right. And he went out and lost the match. He lost to the Dolphins. So. Oh, you, do you want to do you want to hear the saddest thing ever? I uh, heard in that Hawani interview involving MJF. He's a Giants fan. Mm, poor guy. No wonder he's so mean and miserable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, let's talk about some questions. What do you say? You want to get right Got into it? it? Let's go. I mean, is there anything we're missing? I don't think we're... Like, no, we're... I mean, they got the shows coming up in uh, Washington, D.C. That will yeah. actually happen during the cycle where we're gone. So I guess we could bring that up. They're going to have an anniversary show. And thank God, the last battle of the bells. <laughs> yeah, right. Nothing booked yet. I think that... I think one thing we could say is I think they've done a really good job of recalibrating after All Out. Like, leading into All yeah. Out was kind of a mess because of the punk injury situation. Then obviously the fallout, and I think they've done a really good job basically resetting and saying, okay. Because what I think is really smart too is like, even though the fans were gone and it's kind of forgotten, Ricky Starks was the last guy with his hand raised at Grand Slam. Uh, mm-hmm. The Acclaimed had their coming out moment. Like MJF is the biggest star in the company right now. Daniel like, Garcia is an emerging baby mm-hmm. face. Jungle Boy you got know- a big win. Like. Oh, by the way, just a very small note about that. The Jungle Boy Jack Perry thing's real. I didn't know if that was actually happening, but it looks like he's going to be Jungle yeah, Boy. Jungle Jack Boy Jack Perry moving forward, which is fine. That's cool. Yeah, you know, if you want to get legit, you want to be a Jungle Man, let's do it. And uh, but uh, the the you know I made that very poor point about Andy Dalton, but the whole the whole point about that was that sometimes you have to be forced to do something yep, to move on and do something that might actually wind up being greener on the other side. Somebody made a point, I think it was Brandon Thurston, that the you know how the four pillars happened in all Japan in the 90s? Um, Genichiro Tenru left yep. out of nowhere. Yep. And they left this huge hole, and Jumbo had no one to feud with, Jumbo Saru. And so they were like, okay, let's get these young guys. And it was the most prosperous decade they ever had. You know, and I'm not saying that's going to happen with AEW. Not all promotions go through the same trajectory, but you might run into things by having being forced not to be able to feature Punk and Omega and the Young Bucks because of the suspensions. That might actually lend into something that you didn't even know you had in you. You right. know, and some of these casuals they can they can step out if they want. Um, we're not going anywhere. Well, I even think too. Like, let's go back to 1996. Let's say. Kevin Nash and Scott Hall don't sign with WCW and Vince gets to keep booking those guys. Does Stone does Steve Austin ascend and become Stone Cold? You know? Yep. Like like at now, the time I, it was a huge, I, huge I, loss to them. And history shows that it was a huge loss, but it was. them leaving opened up the door for other stuff. Now, am I saying that I don't miss those acts? No, I, I would rather have those people on the shows. Right. For real, as characters, they were fun. They were enjoyable. They did great segments. Um, they are missed, but they are—they have such a multitude of talents. Like they're—they're going to be fine. Right, I agree. So, yeah, moving forward, um, you know, a couple weeks from now, we'll talk. We'll probably maybe have a little more clear idea of where we're going in terms of like with the MJF Moxley program and Wardlow. How about Wardlow Hobbs? Do you think that could be a program? I think that could be a program that could work. With... I thought that's where they were headed. Yeah, I think that could yeah. give us a nice fire with Wardlow, too. I think this Joe thing's real. I think it's going to turn into, like, a rivalry. Yeah. <sighs> Between Wardlow and Joe. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Joe anymore, man. No. Just I, I mean, he was, like, at some at one point, he was my favorite wrestler in the world, like, back in 03, 04. Like, he was my ass. Would you player. rather see Samoa Joe or Logan Paul? Uh, 
I've never seen a Logan Paul match, but I heard that he's pretty good, honestly. <laughs> like, uh, listen, he was an amateur wrestler. Like, he, I'm, I, you know, he tried. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, right now, I'd probably roll the dice with Logan Paul just because I've seen Joe and I know what I don't like what I see. So, <laughs> yeah, I will say one thing that WWE definitely reacted to. I said that Rampage going live was probably a reaction to getting their ratings back up and trying to fight off the SmackDown Rising. I actually do think that's part of it. I will say one. And listen, people can call me an AEW homer if they want. That's fine. I think bringing War Games to Survivor Series was a direct reaction of Blood and Guts oh, getting a big turnout. Oh, 100,000%. I just, that's my theory. 100,000%. And it's a great idea. Having War Games at Survivor Series is a fucking great idea. I think it's a good idea, except Blood and Guts is so bloody and so much more violent. I don't think yes. WWE is going to do that. And I wonder if it'll seem. Do you a think Tony will tame. go fu mode and do another blood and guts at the end of the year? Mm, nah, no, I don't think so. That's a little too early. Yeah, I think they really do build. That's I think a fundamental difference between AEW versus WWE. WWE books the gimmick match and then said, "Okay, who can we put in this? Who can whereas, we put in it?" Right. Yeah, yeah. Whereas I think AEW kind of books the feud and then says, "Okay, we could put this in the gimmick match." Yeah. You know, unfortunately, they have a gimmick match every week, but still, you know. <laughs> uh, let's talk about some questions. Uh, Yay. All right. We got to scroll a little up. I actually went a little too far down. I was looking at everybody's age. <laughs> uh, all right, Andrew. <laughs> First question is, who got FaceTime as a spectator for a main event match? Was it MJF and his, and his poker chip at Grand Slam or Diana at the 1992 SummerSlam main event during Brett and Bulldog? Probably Diana. Yeah. Or was that SummerSlam 92 or was that later Both. on? Both. Yeah. <laughs> I think one of them was like a split screen. Yes. And also the reason, and I, I got to remember, first of all, this is very inside baseball. The reason they went to split screen with Diana for the rest of the match is because Brett bladed and they didn't want to show the blood. Yeah. That was the reason. Andrew just thought of a really inappropriate joke. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, thinking of the Bulldog. Darby Allen had, I'd have to look up the date, Darby Allen had a body bag and he was going to a funeral. What day did Queen Elizabeth die? Is mm. that Darby had? <laughs> you know, they had, um, they had, they had those random papers that dropped by her casket. I think those were the scribbled notes for Full Gear. <laughs> it, was, it was the Full Gear card. <laughs> did you watch it? The funeral? Uh, yeah. No, I did not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I have no idea when it happened. No, it's one of those things like, I know it's like a cultural moment, but it's like a cultural moment. Like, my instinct was, I thought of the movie Naked Gun, where Reggie Jackson was <laughs> brainwashed to kill the I queen. think Reggie Jackson tweeted about it. He did. He's like, it wasn't me. <laughs> I must kill the queen. But... <laughs> uh. I think this is an interesting question. Some of our questions are set up layups for jokes, but I think this is actually a pretty interesting one. Uh, you just mentioned Seattle with uh, the final episode of Dynamite in 23. There's also rumors that the NBA is going to announce uh, Seattle and Las Vegas might be getting expansion That's teams. That's the rumor. It's not, it's not official, official, but a lot of people are talking about well, it. Well, I saw that Vegas won the WNBA title. The WNBA title, I think, is Las Vegas. Yeah, the Vegas. Aces, coached yeah. by Becky Hammond. Right. Oh, okay. Uh, so, Andrew, the question is, can you name a location frequented by wrestling promotions without a pro sports franchise that you think deserves one? That's an interesting this one, question. This one, no pun intended, is a slam dunk. Louisville, Kentucky. 
Mm, okay. Kentucky yeah, sure. should have had an NBA franchise. Yeah. It's it's a deep dive. The reason it didn't happen is because the guy who owned the Kentucky Colonels when ABA happened, Chicago and Indiana didn't want Kentucky to take their share. So they said, we are not going to allow that franchise in our area. And that's why when the ABA merged with the NBA, that that franchise didn't survive. And the owner, John Brown, wound up getting a share of the Boston Celtics in a basically a swap. Interesting. It was that that's how it happened but yeah i mean listen like freedom hall back in the day the yum center is a beautiful arena in louisville yep. you can make it work it's yep. it, you could do it and i'll give you one more um even though i don't know the population is, is great is high enough to do this in the upper midwest sioux falls south dakota mm. the one that popped in my head was like the norfolk scope like in virginia virginia yeah, yeah. Like, that was they the actually one. had an aba team too called the squires yep yep i do remember that the um, aforementioned George Gervin played on that team. He was not <laughs> dead. <laughs> um, did you have one? Yeah, other than Virginia? That, that was the one that popped in my mind was the Norfolk Scope because I thought of arenas, and WCW did a lot from Norfolk so back yeah. in the day. And, and, and listen, because they're going there, and it's a great place to have events. The Sonic should have never left Seattle. The no, fact absolutely that they not. was a joke. It was a fucking joke. Yeah. I'm not trying to besmirch the Thunder. They love their fan. The fan. Well, I don't know if they love their team right now, but um, <laughs> they they. Oklahoma City really loves their their team, but they should have never gone there. The Sonics should have just always stayed in Seattle. I would and then, say, and Las Vegas got the Raiders. They've got the Golden Knights. Yeah. They, you know, the idea coming. the idea of the NBA in Las Vegas is a bit frightening. Uh, just once Michael Jordan and his teams show up, he might ruin. <laughs> like, but he might gamble away the team. He might that, never go back to Charlotte. Right. He'll just buy the Las Vegas. Like, he might lose the team ownership on the first night there, so. Yeah. I mean, Seattle, didn't they just get an NHL team called the Kraken? Yep. Is any yep. Powell, the general manager? <laughs> Release the Kraken? <laughs> That's a horrible joke. Mike Lindell is their starting goalie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He just wears my pillows instead of pads. I didn't give up five goals. It's a conspiracy. <laughs> they planted those goals in the net. <laughs> Two hundred mules put and, them um, there. And and Las Vegas, awesome wrestling atmosphere. Sure. Always WWE and AEW. Yep. Always a great place. Well, even and even w-, w should be back in the day. That's what I was about to say. Halloween Havoc was there, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I thought this was a fun question because I have an immediate answer for it. So you mentioned. Or I guess Chris Jericho mentioned in a promo that if he won his eighth world title, he would call it the Ocho, which of course is a reference to uh, the movie Dodgeball, where it was on the Dodgeball tournament was on ESPN eight, <laughs> the Ocho. <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that's that fun. That's that one with that great meme of. Well, there's two memes. There's one yeah. of Gary Cole saying, "Oh my sweet Jesus," yeah. and it's then a bold the strategy one, cotton. Jason, Let's see how it plays out. Jason Bateman, yes. Yeah. Uh, but the question is, what was the most random pro wrestling program you ever have found on your cable guide to get your wrestling fix? I have two answers. One is okay. actually very recently on YouTube TV. All of a sudden, there's a, a channel dedicated solely Impact Wrestling. Like it's on 24 hours a day, which is so bizarre what? to me. Yeah. Is it on Pluto? I, I That's what Steve Willie told me, but I see it on my YouTube TV feed. So it, the channel is called Impact. It's is Claire Lynch on it? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably eventually she is. But the other one was, I remember, and this is will take us, age us both a little bit. Back when we, in the days of basic cable, there was cable access, which was like your low community channel. Yeah, mine was channel two. Yep, ours was yep. channel three. 
Um, and so, like, I even remember going to, like, the cable station by us. Like, you could go and, like, be sign up and make your own shows and stuff. But they You had, had re- to actually sign a contract, and yep. they released the signal during the window of the pay-per-view. That's how it worked. Oh, okay. So, yeah. so the local cable access for us had a lot of independent wrestling. So I remember watching local cable access for wrestling. Yeah, we did not have that. It was just called the Classify Channel. The one guy I remember was a guy by the name of Scott Recksteiner before he became Scott Steiner. Wow. Oh, really? Yep. He's called Scott Recksteiner back then. Dude, people forget how athletic Scott Steiner was. He was insane. Like, talk about, we talk about Muda being an innovator. Like, this dude, I mean, he probably killed 30 people in the ring, but still... (laughs) It's like that Phil Collins theory about how young people rediscover things, or the Fre- I call or the Freddie Mercury theory. We're seeing this like, yeah. Who's the um? Who's the other one now? That's because there's like there's Elton always John a with a biopic and Elton John like uh, Elvis Presley with the movie. Like yep. there's just like young people just like grab on and wrestling fans, young younger ones, they get these cuts of like Scott Steiner doing his crazy moves, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's how good he was. Right. <laughs> exactly. He wasn't just cutting randomly promos about math. You know, he was really good. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, so we talked about the Muda scale earlier and based off the Muda thing. Uh, so the Muda scale is basically how bloody you can get in a match. And I think full Muda scale goes up to like 1.0. So I'll question, tell you who's close. Yeah, Eddie, well, that was Eddie your question. Guerrero. Is In AEW, who's who's come the closest to a full Muda? <clears throat> Wheeler Yuta. Yeah. Against, Will you in that match on Rampage? Rampage? Yeah. That was about as close as it gets. There's been some doozies. I'll yeah. say this. There's been some doozies. I can't um Angela Parker bled buckets in double or nothing. Yeah, that's another In that one. um what was the name of that uh uh Anarchy at the Arena? Yep. Yeah, he bled buckets in that one. Um Blood and Guts too, I think Matt Menard, Daddy Magic did too. Yep. Uh they both did. Britt Baker. Uh, yeah. I, I think Wheeler Yuta's the, the clear choice though. Yeah, I mean, in terms of collectively, like if we were to, like pour it into buckets, it's got to be Moxley in terms of sheer amount over time, but no yeah. one individual <laughs> moment. Yeah, I think I think that <laughs> I think I think Jeffrey Dahmer would have watched that and said, "Oh, you might want to ease it up a little bit there." <laughs> yeah, like he's you know like Vince Carter's like on the all time scoring list just because he played so many games. Like that's kind of yes. Moxley's blood contribution. <laughs> You've not seen that Netflix show yet, huh? Which one? Oh, uh, the Dahmer one. My son has been watching it and telling me. Like, oh my god! It, so it is ten episodes long. Yeah, that is that's a lot. <laughs> like, I'm, really not, I'm not going to go any further than that. It but, really is. So, um, but it's like it's like more watched than Squid Game. It's like it's just amazing the the hold that Netflix has on people in the zeitgeist. It's amazing. Uh, that's not a question on our list, but Andrew, would you do the Squid Game? <laughs> no, no. Would you do not like, if, the? Not, your life is on the line. No, would you do like do the it. Mr. Beast Squid Game? That's like the YouTube <laughs> version, like based off the show, but like you don't actually die if you lose. If I don't die, I do it. Yeah, why not? Yeah, I mean, like, what, what was that one with the cookie? Oh, I mean, yeah. I don't know if I'm that careful. I don't think I could do no, that. Like, I, like I don't think I would have been a great paper mache person I'd when be I was bad a kid. At the marble one too, where you had like, to, like you know how. What are those little airplanes that she used to do as the as the, the the model airplane? I couldn't have never done that. Yeah, not at all. Like you know how you go to the Lego store? I'm the one who just throws shit around like an idiot. Like then there's that one really brilliant person who like makes it turns it and makes it look like a dinosaur, and you're like, I don't know, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. 
Uh, next question is um, with the AEW Fight Forever video game coming out. Um, which wrestler do you think should get the Michael Vick treatment and just get like the perfect overall score to the point where you're not allowed to use him if you're playing with your friends? <laughs> like Michael Vick and Madden 04 ended friendships because people would spam him. So which that's wrestler the, should get that's that? That's the rumor. Right now, let me be clear. I never played Madden. But I know this because every literally every person I know who plays video games has told me this. Um, about Michael Vick and the Madden games. Um, is that legit? Is that urban legend? Oh no, it's legit. Okay. <laughs> it, it was broken, dude. <laughs> it was really, really. Who was broken. that? An M- I will say this: an NBA Jam. There were there were some uh, Chicago Bulls duo Pippen that were really hard to beat. <laughs> so <laughs> listen to this. This is a true story. Yeah, I it, know what you're going to tell me. Just uh, go ahead. Though. About the, the people who made the game hated the Correct. Bulls. Correct. Yeah, yeah, you go ahead with it. So it came out years and years after the fact that the, I don't know what the title is, but the guys who made the game NBA Acclaim. Jam. Yeah. Yeah. They were, I, I don't know if they were Pistons fans or just Bulls haters. They were uh, Pistons fans. But they put in some sort of code that in the end of games, it was actually harder to win if you were the Bulls. Like, your yeah. shots were more likely to miss. They basically screwed the Bulls on purpose because they hated them so much. Well, the shame of it is that, too, um, well, number one, Jordan retired, but also Jordan refused to um, have, his, have his, yeah. while his likeness on the game. That would have been, <laughs> if Jordan was available, good night. But right. um, <laughs> but um, anyways, uh, in the wrestling game, whoo, Jade Cargill. Mm, that's good. Hard to beat her. Yeah, that's I'd good. have her, I'd just have her wrestle the men. Yeah. <laughs> I, can I you mix it up you, in the game? You can, can you do that? I wonder if yeah, you can. Yeah, I don't know. Like, because can you do that in the WWE games? I was actually just can playing that today. Can you just have, today. like, Charlotte Flair wrestle Roman Reigns? I don't think you can. Uh, okay. I was playing that today, and, like, man, that game's kind of frustrating. It's, like, fun, but then there's <laughs> moments, like, where the AI is just really yeah. aggravating. <laughs> like, a, and, and for for a guy, for guys, um... Keith Lee. Uh, Keith Lee's my choice. And Swerve. Swerve just seems like somebody who would be really hard to beat. I will say this, and I like I like I said, I wasn't a video game nut. But I did find one character that was so easy to play with because he dominated everybody, and that was the aforementioned Scott Steiner in NWO Revenge. Yeah, because he had this clubbing overhand. And like, then he would give you a German suplex, or belly-belly yeah, suplex. Yeah, and like you and couldn't reverse it. I would just it. do that over and over and over and, and over. You could and over. not reverse it, yep. And I could not play video games, and I could win with Scott Steiner, that's how easy it was. To, like, who's your? You said Keith Lee. Who's your favorite wrestler that you played video game? Like, you're like this guy cannot be beaten. I cannot lose with this man. I mean, it, Scott Steiner, same thing. Uh, it's, the, it's the same answer as yours. Scott Steiner was, and, and Goldberg too. Um, in W. No, okay, one. I'll go really okay. deep with my video game fandom. Um, I had a import from japan i had the all japan version of the n64 wrestling which is basically like the n64 games but all japan uh mm-hmm. vader was unbeatable unbeatable yep unbeatable was was this the stan hansen lost his eye vader or the one who was beating kobashi baylor uh like late vader. 90s vader so yeah okay late yeah. 90s when he was like when he left wwf all of a sudden he kept calling himself a fat piece of shit yep <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. I'll never got uh, rest in peace. Rest in peace, Leon White. Yeah. Um, oh, another dead yeah. wrestler. <laughs> uh, some gameplay has come out. Have you seen it? I have. It looks like people compare it to those old N64 games. I think it looks like a game 
that uh, has a huge underground following. It's called Def Jam Fight for New York. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it reminds me a lot of that from back like PlayStation 2, which is like rappers like Snoop Dogg and Big Pun and stuff. It was incredibly yeah. fun. And if it's anything like Def Jam, I love this game. Okay. Yeah. So, but speaking of video games, we got a video game question. Ooh. Sort of. Um, well, your answer is a video game. So, <laughs> uh, but Bowens has been mocking Keith Lee and Sir Strickland. He's called him Timon and Pumbaa. He's called him Drake and Josh. They also Looking called, asses. Yeah, they also mentioned, they also said Lizzo. They called Keith Lee Lizzo. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good rap on Max. Yeah, it was. Uh, what random character do you, duo do you think he will compare them to next? Your answer is a video game duo. Toe Jam and Earl. Toe Jam and Earl. That's a good answer. Or Pete, or Pete and Pete. I think SpongeBob and Patrick is who they go with. <laughs> that would be great. I think he called Keith Lee your SpongeBob looking ass one day. Uh, Bowens is the one who says it. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, it's they're creative. I could tell when the Acclaim do their promo, they actually put thought into it. They do. Yeah, they're really good. They're really, really good. Um, let's do a couple more before we get out of here. Let's do okay. two. I like this one. Andrew, which metaphorical title shot would you rather carry around? A briefcase, a poker chip, a golden ticket, a crown, a diamond ring, or a lawyer? Is Tommaso Ciampa the lawyer? No, it's... Um, oh, gosh. You, you, for those who don't know, Tommaso Ciampa's very first ever appearance in WWE, he was a lawyer. Yeah. He played a lawyer. I was going to say, I, what was the guy who was the Nation of Domination lawyer? Oh, Clarence Mason. Clarence Mason. That's the lawyer. <laughs> That's the same one who re- represented Diana Hart in her sexual harassment suit <laughs> against Shawn Michaels. <laughs> so, would you want him to be around? What, what would you pick? Uh, I, I would. I would take uh, a diamond ring. Yeah, I would take a diamond ring. I definitely wouldn't take the golden ticket because I'd lose it. <laughs> oompa, oompa. <laughs> and every week. Every week I'd have to show up to TV and be like, hey, can I get another golden ticket? I think I washed mine. I think I put mine in the laundry again. Can you can you get a title shot in a candy store yeah. and everybody chases you for it? Right. Um, poker chip, I feel like pe- too many people on the street would come and be like, why are you carrying a giant poker chip around? Yeah. Um, so I think diamond ring. Yeah, I think. It's- well, you've heard the story that the money in the bank briefcase in the ro- within the roster is used as a rib because you have to actually carry it with you. No, I haven't. That's the story. I don't know if that's actually true. Like when Theory, Austin Theory, whatever the theory they're calling him now, yeah, yeah. Um, like he has to actually bring it with him on the road. <laughs> kind of funny. Like a haze. I don't know if that's actually true, though. <laughs> that's funny. I kind of hope Let's so. call Theory and find out. Do you think Randy <laughs> Orton's pooped in it yet? <laughs> <laughs> there was only one time I... I actually liked how they did it. Damien Sandow had the briefing opened it. The contract was missing because Cody Rhodes stole it. That's awesome. That's right. I remember that. That was when they were feuding. (laughs) So uh, let's pop our bosses here real quick. Uh, Justin Rosero is a huge New York Yankees fan, and uh, current New York Yankees judge is on pace to break Roger Maris' single-season home run record in the American League. The national MLB record is Barry Bonds with like 73, but – yeah, judge steroids has, be damned. Yeah. It's still a record. Yeah, Judge <laughs> has already hit over 60. Um, so here's what I know. Name a record or streak in professional wrestling that will never be broken. It could be a kayfabe record or a, a okay, kayfabe? Yeah, it can be. Okay, then I'll, I'll change mine. Um, The Undertaker's winning streak at WrestleMania. 
Mm, okay. Cool. You can't never, never again. Yep. Uh, mine will be no one will ever know more holds than Chris Jericho. He knows a thousand and four of them. There's no well, way. You know, he could say armbar in all the different languages. Yeah. Too. <laughs> There's no armbar. No way anybody's gonna know more holds than him. Um, let me ask you this, because um, because you know, baseball is coming up. Who's gonna win the World Series? Dude, I don't, I don't follow baseball that much. Me neither. But I look I'm at the standings sorry. here and there, and the Dodgers have a really, really, really good record. That's all I know. They've won one, right? They won one during th- COVID. Yeah, I think they won. Didn't the- one of the best players like test positive for COVID during the game where they won the World Series? Are you serious? I don't know. Like he literally, like they, he tested positive like right, r- right in the middle of the game. Did you see? Tua Tungavailoa this week in the NFL. I don't think Tua Tungavailoa saw it yet. <laughs> he takes this nasty hit, gets up, and is like wobbling around, like almost collapses. This is just before halftime, and he comes back out after the half. Apparently, quote, and I'm using quotation marks, cleared, pro- cleared concussion protocols. <laughs> and I'm like, he can clear concussion protocols about as well as Chris Nowinski did. Like the dude was like, uh, like that's like that's like Darby Allen. Just because you're still walking doesn't mean you're not exactly. Good I mean, like it's 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 insanity. But okay. listen, I mean, winning is winning. They I won. Mean, you, they won the yeah, game. You, you got to win. The, you know, you play to win the game, as one famous person what, said. What? Oh, wait, he got fired. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, listen. All I know is this. If you if you can win week three and all it costs you is CTE, you got to take that gamble. You know? Yeah, li- so. listen, I need a new NFL team. My Saints are terrible. Are the, are the Lions still? Is the Lions being wise still? Like, can I jump on it? Is it too late? Go right ahead. You can have my seat. I jumped <laughs> off a while ago. You're scoring more points than us. I'll tell you that. Uh, here's a wild stat about the Detroit Lions this year. Lamar Jackson is having like this crazy season. Uh, three games in. And Lamar Jackson is responsible for more his passing touchdowns and rushing, rushing, rushing touchdowns. Three three weeks into the season, he has more touchdowns than every other team in the NFL except the Detroit Lions. So Lamar has scored more touchdowns than every team except the Lions. Lamar himself. I mean, you you know you um. You either um, die a hero or you live long enough to absolutely suck till everybody wants you to be gone. And that's what's going on with Tom Brady. Like, at some point, offense is going to die. Like, yeah. and, you know, I don't think we're at that point in the NBA yet. Scoring is still some pretty efficient. But, like, in the NFL, I, I mean, I know we're getting off Defense topic. Defense is going to come back around. Yep. It feels like I'm watching these games and it's like, God, no one can score. No one can score. Yeah, I mean, the Monday night game this week was, I mean, granted, it was two bad teams, the Cowboys and the Giants, but it was like, at halftime, I think it was 6-6. to Yeah, that's what I I enjoy about wrestling, I guess, in terms of the orchestration of it, is like, you can create the offense, you know? Oh, man, I just thought of a good question that's not on our notes. I'm going to ask you this. Let Let me word it correctly. Let's do it. So, Monday Night Football has your standard broadcast, but then they have Monday Night Football with Peyton and Eli. Your, the Manning cast. Yeah, the Manning yes. cast. What if Dynamite or Raw had the same thing? Would CM Punk and A Steel? Well, that's my question. Is Which duo do you think would be the most fun to watch, give their thoughts as the show was airing? <laughs> in, I know in it's Red really Ball. on the spot, but... Um, CM Punk would probably just clown the whole show for too long and just talk about muffins. Yeah. But, um... That, I don't want to go with that one. Um, 
My mind went right to Mick Foley in someone. Yeah, but Foley would lose track sometimes. Yeah, like of a live show. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking of a live show. X-Pac? Oh, how about X-Pac and Kevin Nash? That would be fucking hilarious. That would be great, dude. <laughs> dude. Dude, have you ever seen... I remember... I don't know if you ever saw it. When the infamous Bray... I still think this was a huge deal. When Bray Wyatt and Seth Rollins had their match at Hell in a Cell the week that AEW debuted, and they just had the biggest stinker of an ending ever. Do you mm, remember this? Yep. X-Pac was backstage, and they were doing like a Facebook lounge or like an Instagram lounge. And X-Pac goes apoplectic. He's like, how the hell did you end it like that? (laughs) And every, all the other WWE employed wrestlers are just like silent. (laughs) I know I want to criticize this, but I can't, (laughs) but like, it was just the most maddening thing. And like, sometimes I feel like they just dropped the ball at just the right time. Like where it's like, God, like you get all this goodwill and the moment you can take it away from AEW, you drop the ball and you give it right back to them. You know, that's how I've always felt about WWE. I agree. Yeah. But yeah, Xbox and Kevin Nash, and then the guy who co-hosts the show with Kevin Nash from Cafe, they would be Sean. God, forget his name. Um, they'd be hilarious. Is it Sean Spears? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's do one more question, and then we can get out of here. Andrew, right. uh, MJF <laughs> referred to his fans as devil worshippers. Uh, <laughs> your question takes back to the '90s. Uh, did you ever hike in the woods as a kid? looking for urban legends or fabled abandoned devil worship grounds like they did in the Blair Witch Project. <laughs> okay, I I did live near, like, I did live off a railroad track, and yeah, we would look for weird, like, weird things, but we never found anything. I think yeah. we found a homeless person once. Yeah, we had, uh, we live by a place called Heinz Park, which is like a big, you know, it's it's huge, it's, it's huge park but it's got a lot of abandoned structures and stuff and there's like pentagrams spray painted on them and stuff like that but okay i think it's well, more do you remember do you remember that weird that. so so you, you did have some instances where you and your friends as kids got the best of your curiosity and said yeah. like the pop rocks theory and oh, yeah. what was pop rocks. And, and the ouija board and yeah. like stuff like that where it's like you know what let's try to like mess with the demons and see if something crazy oh, happens sure. I mean, we all do it. We so all did it. We have one here that's actually been commercialized now. But there was, back in the day, it was like a mental institution. It was called Eloise. And it was abandoned. And they had all these underground tunnels, like legitimately had like underground tunnels that they would transport patients back. And so for Whoa. years, people would go explore the abandoned mental institution. Um, what? Like Arkham or something? It's sort of. Right. But it's gotten so popular that it's now actually like – Whoever owns the property now, well, that's, that's it's like a haunted thing. house. In but that's the thing, everything is commodified. Like exactly, I don't forget it. I know this is the most morbid episode of you. Know what that means? We've ever had, but yeah. like, there's a faint, there's infamous um, forest in Japan called the Sea of Trees. Speaking of Logan Paul, yeah, <laughs> yeah, where supposedly a lot of people have gone there to end themselves yeah you know and like and so but that's become commodified now like it's like it's almost like the fountain of youth or the great wall of china like you can promote it you know and i guess like all the urban legends have kind of gone that way too because like that is the place that logan paul went to on youtube right that got him in trouble i think so and then there was that really weird story i remembered about slender man i don't know if that happened in michigan i'm i might be wrong about that i know what you're talking about i don't know there was there was an incident where the midwest 
there was an incident where a girl was a girl convinced another girl that Slenderman was trying to kill her. She tried to murder her. Yeah. In uh, in the woods, and I don't remember where it happened, but yeah, I mean, curiosity makes fools of us all, you know. Right. But yeah, I mean, don't we all do that dumb stuff? We all want to do the Stranger Things thing, where oh, we sure. all kind of ride our bikes and look for aliens and ghosts and monsters. Cool. It turns out the real monster is MJF. <laughs> <laughs> I did like Devil Worship. When he said that, I laughed. He's like, yeah. my, how are my Devil Worshippers? Yay! <laughs> it's like he's just trying to see what he can get Babyface reactions to. Well, look where Full Gear is in. It's in Hell's Kitchen, baby. Ooh, there you go. I think that's where... Is that is that Hell's Kitchen or my... Matt Sousa is going to make fun of me again about this, huh? Yeah, that I don't know the difference between Hell's Kitchen. Sousa, son of a mother. Where is Hell's Kitchen? I know that um, Matt Murdock, that was his home in Daredevil. But where yeah, it's is... like a part of New York City. It's like okay, a small... so it's not in New Jersey. No, no, no. You're okay. thinking of the New Jersey Devil. I still remember that episode of Main Event where, like, Scott got super mad at me because I didn't know the difference between the Barclays and the Prudential Center. Yeah. <laughs> I still remember that. <laughs> Dude, these Upper East Coast, they get mad when you're like, oh, yeah, that's all the same place. No, it's not. Shut the hell up. By the way, that's who <laughs> Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland should be is Daredevil and Kingpin. That's, uh, that's who he should compare them to. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, Andrew, I think that uh, about calls it a night. Um, it's good to have you back. Uh, please stop biting yeah. people, you know. Um, <laughs> Justin has forgiven us. Chad, I think, is still out to lunch. I don't think he's ready to... to really bring us back into the fold yet. So I mailed him a bottle of purple Muda Mist. As long as yeah. one of the main eventers are here, we're going to be fine. You yeah. were just holding the... You just got that third title just to keep it warm. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, but we'll be back in a couple weeks. Until then, we hope you enjoy AEW. And if there's anything you're wondering about, uh, drop in, t- take a listen, and uh, maybe we'll talk about it. Especially if it has to do with devils or dead wrestlers, right? <laughs> Well, as as um, Boris Johnson always said, you're you are what you, your record says. Get to you